Welcome to the Orion Sportscast Podcast, the most refreshing analysis, insight, and opinions in the world of sports. Here are your hosts, Josh Egan and Brandon Waterhouse. In uh, the world, I guess. (laughs) It's not just... It's not just Canada, but hockey night in Canada. Leafs are playing the Habs tonight. We got Pittsburgh and Philadelphia kicking Very us soon. off at 5.30. Uh, I'm so excited. I'm fired up. I love hockey. Uh, we've been missing it for a while now. I mean, I know they just Ten finished the playoff run, but yeah, it's. I'm so excited. I don't know what your excitement level's at, but I feel like this Leafs game is approaching and I can see it. And the only thing I could compare it to is when you're on the 11th fairway and you're dying for a beer and you see the cart girl come around the corner, gunning up the fairway with the beverages. And that's what this game is approaching for me. What's your excitement level at? Wow. See, I don't know if it's the 11th hole though. I think maybe I like the, honestly, after the triple bogey on the third hole, I hope she comes on the fourth fairway. That's the excitement factor for me, man. I don't explain it. I mean, it's hard because the NBA is where I have a heart at, but I know um, a heart at, my heart on, a heart on. <laughs> Brandon's got a heart on for the NBA. I have my heart and uh, a lot of things invested in the NBA. Regardless, NHL, I'm a hockey player, so the Leafs are my team. I might be wearing this, but the, the Senators, but it's just for uh, diversity in the Orion and um, creates conversation. And I love hockey in general. I like storylines, like honestly, like, Stutzla, the Senators being a team that we'll get into later with James about being just the upset. And um, I think that is lots of good. uh, If you pay attention this year, there's a lot of different storylines other than just results. And I think that uh, rookies, new players, new faces um, might be the last last time you see Line A in a Jets jersey, all this good stuff. I'm just a Canadian hockey fan. Uh, I want to see Stutzla. I like Shabbat. He's he's so he's so um, he reminds me a lot of Victor Hedman in the way he carries himself. Right. Uh, both on and off the ice, and Victor Hedman is a Vesna. Vesna. Um, not a Vesna. What's the defensive tw- trophy? Norris. Norris. Chuck Norris trophy. So um, <laughs> I know the Vesna's for the goal. I don't know. I uh, I related it to the defense because they stop and block shots as well. But uh, wow. So we got off the thing. I'm super excited for hockey. Sorry about that. Um, 5.30. Even Pat McAfee is getting me excited. So, I mean, seems like everyone in the sports world is waiting for some kind of hockey. Yeah, and I, it's definitely going to – I've sensed I'm, – I'm online on Twitter a lot, and I'm getting a little bit of a following now, and I'm just kind of sensing, sensing the tone online. And people were – like two weeks ago, people were getting frustrated. Like, come on, let's go, let's go. And this morning I opened up Twitter, 5 a.m., the alarm went off, and I open up Twitter after I do all my stuff, and I'm like, it feels good. Everybody's just united. They're not chirping other teams. They're just saying, hockey's back. And obviously that will be until tomorrow morning when everyone's yelling at each other about how their team did. But this morning it was just everybody united. Hockey fans were hockey fans, and it was really nice. So you had this idea that you wanted to do, so I'm going to let you introduce it. Um, this is all Brandon's idea here. I just wow. did the research and then I think we're going to do his idea. We're going to give our major award picks. I think we're going to do disappointment of the year predictions and cup final predictions. And, and a couple of individual statistics, I think. Yes. So uh, yeah. why don't you introduce the main idea for the show? Thank you. I, I, I don't, I don't create ideas or generate ideas for the, for the shout outs or for the individual feeling that, um, that made me feel, uh, sorry, I'm just getting a FaceTime call, distracting me. Um, but uh, this idea just came to me because it brings a lot of length to the conversation. It goes from how you're one team 
can do everything the best way and what result can happen, which is going to be, uh, you know, exciting to see what fans can bring out of this episode because we're going to touch on every team. So anyway, let me stop mumbling. And um, the episode today is covering all teams in NHL and we will be uh, more likely asking Josh, but I'll give my opinion too. Um, tell me why this team makes the Stanley Cup finals. At the same time, you have to tell me, <laughs> at the same time, you have to tell me why the team can also miss the playoffs. I like now, this. This is going to be fun. So, I mean, it's not like the team can come at last. They can miss the playoffs by a point or two. And, uh, you know, they don't have to win the cup. They can just make it to the top two. So it's interesting because obviously there's some unrealistic things and some jokes to be, to be made here for right, sure. Right. But um, at the same time, I, it brings excitement. And um, for Josh, it, you know, he can expose his um, NHL diversity and his knowledge, which is what I want to see. And I have some notes I'd like to touch on. And uh, I just think that I haven't seen this. And it came to me. It just came to me. It was, uh, I, I, I say this now, but it's probably been done. But uh, to me, it, it seemed original. Um, we'll go by divisions. We'll keep the North for last, which is the best for last. Um, and and we'll I, don't, start I, I don't think that's controversial saying that, just touching on that the North division is going to be the best division to watch. It might, not, <laughs> it might not provide the best hockey, but just because it's all Canadian and the conversation is always which Canadian team is better, we're going to get a definite answer this year. So I don't uh, think saying the North division is the best division. Maybe, maybe the word we should use is entertaining. I think the North is going to be the most entertaining division. Yes, it brings a lot of, uh, it brings a whole new aspect to uh, watching hockey. I think because you're so used to seeing a lot of teams play every team, which is cool. That's what the NHL is about is seeing everyone play everyone. But uh, to see uh, the, the, the divide, you know, it's Canada teams now versus American teams in terms of uh, ratings. It's not like you're going to see, maybe we'll see some differences in Canadian versus American hockey watchers and viewers, which is exciting to see as well. Mm -hmm. But uh, enough talk. You said we try to do this in 30 for 30, which is interesting enough because we've already wasted a lot of time. We like to talk, but um we want to make it nice and interesting and we don't want to ramble on because there's so many teams and so much to talk about. And I think that the impressiveness of this video will be how concise we can be. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So let's division, get right into it. Which division we West? starting with? We'll go with the West. West. Which All right. Seems to be, you know, one of those ones that will catch on the, the East coast that's right, on the East coast. We'll catch those games very late this year as they'll be on the West coast. So uh, mm. we'll give people an idea of what they can uh, see coming. So I have a list here. Okay. And I think it goes by it goes by uh, alphabetical for the division, though. However, so um, right. here we go. So, in your best, uh, maybe it's ninety seconds or less, sixty seconds or less. Who knows? We can make a conversation, but you know how time works. Tell me why the Anaheim Mighty Ducks, Mighty Ducks. Tell me why the, I just see your hat. Um, tell okay, me why so the Ducks. Backstory on this hat quickly before we get into this. This isn't for the NHL. Okay. It's for one of my hockey teams. My dad had these hats made. I just. I don't like, I know the style's kind of basic, but I just like the fit of the hat because it closed. I don't know. I just like the hat. That's perfect. I like it. And, and black and yellow goes with anything like right. Hamilton native colors there. The Steela, Steel Town Steelers and Bulldogs. Right. Steelers. Uh, <laughs> um, so here we go. Tell me why the Anaheim Ducks make the Stanley Cup final. Actually, yeah, we won't ask the same question. So we'll just yeah. do it one part of the time. Tell me why the Anaheim Mighty Ducks can make the top two this year. Uh, the Mighty Ducks, if everything goes right for them, I think they, 
it's very, very unlikely, but if everything goes right, all their young guys play properly. Ryan Getzlaff has a bounce back season from last year. They still have Raquel, who's a great player. Jacob Silverberg is a solid winger. Adam Henrique is going to be really strong at center this year. And we got Derek Grant. He can also be, fill in on that center or on the wing. Sam Steele is coming into the NHL as well. He was a highly sought after prospect in the 2017 draft, I believe. And their defense is pretty strong, actually. They got Cam Fowler, who is could have a Norris caliber season if he plays to his highest caliber. And the Ducks also have him locked up till 2026. 20, and Josh Manson, he is going to be – there was a lot of trade talk around him. Um, he's only taking up 5.2 on the cap hit. So if the Ducks aren't doing well, I could see him being moved. They also have Pampas Lindholm on the blue line, who's a good all-around defenseman. And they do have a little bit of experience back there as well to kind of guide the ship in Kevin Shattenkirk and Jacob Larson. And then they also have, in my opinion, one of the top three goalies in the NHL in John Gibson. He got absolutely shelled last year in shot-wise, and his save percentage was way up there. And he has uh, Ryan Miller backing him up, and that just brings some experience. They are yeah. missing Ryan Kessler, who is on LTIR. I don't think he will be coming back. And Brandon Gooley, who was injured in the World Junior Championship, he, I, I believe, won't be uh, coming back with it. No, that wasn't. That was a different Gooley. Isn't Zegris on the drafted list there? I don't believe so. Uh, but their taxi squad is made up of some veterans and some young guys, too. So all around, this team is looking – um, kind of rounded out, but I just don't think they have enough push to get there. So I don't think they will make the playoffs because they are one or two pieces away from being a playoff team. The Mighty Ducks or the Ducks, they were a they were a powerhouse for two thousand. Zegris is in the system. Yes. Okay. Uh, the Mighty Ducks, they were a powerhouse from 2007 to 2014. They were just plowing through, through teams in the playoffs. They were owning their division. And they've just kind of fallen off ever since Perry left and they've kind of lost players, you know, Solani left a while ago, but they are, uh, hopefully they can use this season to kind of fix everything and see what they have in this shortened season. So that's what my, my view is. on. Yeah, that. no, and that's good because we don't want to spend too much time on everything and every aspect of every team. So moving right along, Arizona Coyotes, let's start with the bottom first, if that makes sense. Let's start why with why they would not make the playoffs. The Arizona Coyotes, see this team, they're very inconsistent. Um, they have new ownership, which could be a huge issue. Their goaltending is not the best. They have Darcy Kemper and Antti Rata, and they also have a young guy by the name of Aden Hill. Um, I don't think he will see much ice time, but he is their third string goalie. So he will be either on the taxi squad or backing up either Kemper or Ranta. Their defense, it's looking kind of weak. I mean, you got Ekman Larson back there, but besides that, you don't have too much. And their forward group, you know, ever since Taylor Hall left, they haven't been looking too strong. You got Peyton Keller, who is, he is an NHLer. He's young and 22, so he doesn't quite have the experience yet. And you have Phil Kessel. You just don't know what Kessel's going to bring. So I'm really unsure as to if Arizona can kind of pull it together and have a good enough season to get in in an already tough division. But if everything goes right for them, if Phil Kessel can be Pittsburgh Penguins, Phil Kessel, if Clayton Keller can, Clayton Keller, sorry, can find his stride and get going, Nick Schmoltz can get going, Lawson Krause can get going, uh, and be firing on all cylinders. Even Barrett Hayden, you know, he's on his ELC. Hey, Barrett Hayden, I want to, I want to mention Barrett Hayden's. Uh, I, I remember watching him with his time in the Sault Ste. Marie, and he has absolutely tore it up in the OHL. Not to say that that always correlates, but he has a lot of confidence. He reminds me of Clayton Keller in a way. So I think that that's like a really Kane and Marner type of players, those two guys. 
Right. Uh, their defense isn't too strong, but if they can kind of follow the lead of Ekman Larson, I think they can get there. And I think they're going to they're gonna have to split the goaltending between Ranta and Kemper. Uh, right. Kemper, I think that they're... Sorry, Kemper's making 4.5. Ranta's making 4.2, so they can split that. Okay, now right. go ahead. And isn't Rick Tockett still the coach? I don't believe so. Oh, so they, they were done with him quick. Yeah. Okay, right. Okay. Um, good job. Moving right along. This is a very interesting team because they always seem to bring great, great competitiveness every year, regardless of the time of the season, I believe. And that's because they have one of the greatest players in the NHL, debatably, at his age and pound for pound the speed. The Colorado Avalanche. Tell me why their ceiling is in the top two. So I think this is the Colorado Colorado Avalanche's year to do it because they do have uh, Gabriel Landeskog. He's a UFA at the end of this at the end of this year. So is Brandon Saad, although I don't think there'll be too much of a push to keep him. So is Matt Calvert. So is Pierre Edward Bellemare. and so is Ian Cole, who's a defenseman for them, and then also Philip Grubauer is as well. So this is the year they need to do something. Um, they do I have agree. probably the most depth up front you know you got Miko Rantanen, Nathan McKinnon, Gabriel Landeskog, uh, Nazem Kadri, JT Comper, Matt Calvert, you know Tyson Jost is up there and then their defense is just uh don't forget Burakovsky too yes I'm just naming a couple players here you know you got Kale McCarr on the blue line as well uh I would be shocked if these guys don't make the cup final to be honest yeah there yeah a good take right there I think that not only is it in the west division just a team that gets underlooked because uh you know sometimes there's a lot of high-end teams that have been conquering them the last five or six years it is their time and if you weren't aware that they do have i think players play with a certain sense of urgency when they know that it's their last year with the chemistry especially if signings are coming up right and uh to get to the other end of it how they won't make the playoffs i think the only way they don't make the playoffs is if they're struck with a lot of injuries to be honest yeah, that's a good take. And that sometimes I want you to, I really don't want you to say that. And for the other way around, because that might just be as simple as it is, is like this team, the, the, the ceiling and the floor is dependent on health. Right. Moving right along. Good pace. Now a young team, a team that's kind of piecing together what they thought was a rebuild, but they don't want to admit it too well. The Los Angeles Kings. Tell yeah. me why they, uh, let's just say, tell me why they would surprise people this year. Uh, if they can get their young guys going, um, they have Andreas Anathasiu who recently joined them, uh, Jeff Carter and Dustin Brown, they're 36, Anze Kopitar is 33. They're going to struggle to get going. They do have some good depth, like they got Trevor Moore and Michael Amadillo on defense. You still have Drew Doughty, um, news breaking, Drew Doughty's not good anymore, even though he thinks he is. Uh, I just don't see them. I can't see them making the playoffs this year. I, I don't think they have the talent to do it. Nope. And, uh, that they're, yeah. so they're, yeah, there it is. Just, That's just it really. Uh, yeah. I want to mention on, the, I think that they have promising, I think they have Arthur Kaliev, who's a very interesting prospect and he's a U.S. born, uh, sniper. He played on the Bulldogs here in Hamilton. And I just want to mention that he has a lot of upside as well. And, uh, Akil Thomas, right. The guy, the individual. Mm -hmm. from the Niagara Ice Dogs, and he got thrown around the OHL for a couple rings. Or he, that was his, that was his, he was the guy to bring ring to the city, but I don't know if he ever got one. Uh, moving right along. Uh, a team that's always amongst the, the edge, the bubble, if you will, uh, the Minnesota Wild. Tell me why they will make the playoffs and make surprises. The Wild always seem to make it into the first round and then lose. Um, 
So they're a very consistent team that way. They still do have some superstars, Zach Parise, Marcus Johansson, Nick Benino, Victor Rask, Marcus Felino, Nick Bustad. Uh, but it, this might be, you know, it's a tough division, 56 game season, older guys, injuries could and probably will hit them. Their defense, you got Ryan Sutter, Jared Spurgeon, and Matt Dumba. That is a strong top three. Uh, and then they round out that top four with Jonas Brodeen. Not bad. The issue I have with them is their goaltending. I don't know which version of Cam Talbot they're going to get. And backing him up is Capo Kacken. Yeah, we don't know much about that guy. He's only 24, almost no NHL experience. It's going to be a tough one for them. If they can play well and consistent, I think they can sneak into the playoffs. But even if they have a below average season, they're not looking at a playoff berth. So here's a team coming up with... I don't even want to mention it because we could go on to a whole episode about the individual, but I think that this individual's situation brings a lot to the table for this team's success rates, and that's Vander Kane and the San Jose Sharks. Mm -hmm. So uh, the Sharks are interesting because they didn't have a very good season last year, but looking at their roster on paper, um, they should have had a better season. I'm not saying they should have made the playoffs or made a playoff run, but they should have had a better season. Uh, you still got Logan Couture, Evander Kane, if he decides to play, Timo Meyer, Thomas Hurdle, you know, Marcus Carlson. Carson, yeah, uh, Carlson, Patrick Marlowe's back there again. You know, that brings some veteran experience. You got Brent Burns, Mark Edward, Timo Meyer. You know, their issue is goaltending. Jonah, uh, Martin Jones and Devin Dubnik, that's not the goaltending pair you want, especially when Jones is making 5.7. Also, their defense is old as fuck. Eric Carlson, 30, making 11.5. Brent Burns, 35, making 8 million. And Mark Edward Vlasic, 33, making 7. That is a lot of money in old guys. Or older. Like, they're not old human years, but hockey player-wise, they are not in their prime anymore. If we can get, or if we see the Eric Carlson that we know Eric Carlson can be, he can probably carry this team by himself into the playoffs. So if... I'm going to say if their defense is clicking and their forwards can perform average. And their goalies just have to stop an average amount of pucks. Right. Then um, they will make a sniff at the playoffs. But if they play the way they did last year, they're not even going to get close in this competitive That's, division. Yeah, perfect. Let's get to the meat and potatoes of not only this division, I think the whole Western Conference usually. Uh, lately, that's been the St. Louis Blues and the Vegas Golden Knights. So we'll go with the Blues first. Tell me why they wouldn't do too well first. Um, it's kind of tough to say with the Blues because they have a lot of talent. The only way I can see them not doing well is I believe their coach said coming out of the bubble last year, about 25% of their players were affected by COVID and that is that affected their performance in the bubble. Hopefully that hasn't carried over. I don't see that happening. They look to have had a strong training camp. I did tune in. They had a scrimmage on YouTube live and I watched Ooh. the scrimmage. They did look pretty good. Their defense is strong. You know, you got Jordan Bennington. He's a question for me as to what Bennington we're going to see as he is going into a UFA contract year. He's currently at 4.4 million. Next year is a contract year for him. Uh, but, you know, he's still got Ryan O'Reilly up front. Uh, they did lose Alex Petrangelo to the Vegas Golden Knights, but I don't think that's going to affect them as much as people think they will be. So if they, uh, not Vegas, if St. Louis can play the way that the Blues play, they'll be fine. But if they either have like a little slip up or Bennington isn't the Bennington we know he can be, then they are going to struggle. Move right along. 
a team in which I, I want to see those red jerseys on them some more right now. But anyway, the Las Vegas Golden Knights, tell me why they will do too well this year. I'm sorry, I only know the Vegas Golden Knights. Did I say Las Vegas? Yeah. No, I make the, I don't oh. know why they did that. Why wouldn't they do that? That's, that's, uh, that, is, that is an accident on my part. I do. But, well, I, but people, people say Las Vegas Golden Knights all the time. I don't know why they didn't. Whatever. That's, that's right. I, is Vegas its own place? Vegas, Las Vegas? No, I'm just playing. But anyway, tell me why the Golden Knights are always going to be this contender. Uh, because ever since they've been into existence, they haven't they haven't lost. Like they have lost games, obviously. Right. Uh, first year made it to a cup final. Second year they had a huge playoff run. Third year, huge playoff run. Uh, you know, you got Mark Stone, Max Pacioretty, William Carlson, Riley Smith, Jonathan Marstusso, Alex Tuck, uh, and you got Ryan Reeves up there as well. That is a strong forward group you're looking at. You also got Cody Glass on an ELC. He looked really good. Uh, on defense, you have stiffened up that defense with Alex Petrangelo. He's coming in. Hopefully he doesn't have to do too much adjusting. Usually when we see a big free agent signing, they do take a couple uh, months or games to get adjusted to the new uh, playing style. Um, but I don't think he'll have that issue here. So they will make the playoffs if they play the way Vegas plays, just a dominant hockey team. One issue I do have, and I can see this affecting them, and I think we all remember last year, Alan Walsh tweeting out that picture of Marc-Andre Fleury with the sword in the back. Um, but Fleury is still there. Robin Leonard re-upped for $5 million a year. They have, uh, they have Marc-Andre Fleury and Robin Leonard there. Who's going to be the number one? Who's going to be the number two? Will there be friction between the goalies? Or what's the, and what's the word on Pacioretty, too? Pacioretty is playing. There we go. So, and um, but I think... Will there be friction between the goalies? More importantly, will there be friction between uh, the teammates? Between, well, not even that. Flurry's agent and management, because that can cause an issue where they just say, okay, let's just get him out of here. It's a headache we don't need to deal with. Yes, that um, always happens. Yes, so that'll be interesting to see. That's the only thing I can see to getting in the way of their playoff push. I agree. I think I was going to mention that the, one of the, this is one of those teams where, where their success is usually dependent on the chemistry or health. Like they, uh, their on ice talent and on paper talent is too far ahead of most of the competitions to make failures right okay so that so, ra that wraps up our west division so let me take yeah. over hosting duties here you've done a fabulous job i've been bringing the heat i think who are your four teams to make it out of the west into the playoffs yeah that's good i was saying the, the meat and potatoes start at the bottom of that list that we had uh i'll go in order actually i won't go in order i just want to give the teams should i do you want me to play them no, just give me the four teams you think will make it out. I got you. The St. Louis Blues, the Gold Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah. Uh, the, I think the uh, Arizona Coyotes and the Colorado Avalanche. I just think that uh, with the Vander Kane situation, it'll be a battle between the Sharks, Wild, and Coyotes. And the Coyotes will have uh, talent on their side. Right. So I have three of those teams. I have the Blues, I have the Knights, and I have the Avalanche. My team sneaking in is going to be the Minnesota Wild. Yeah. So, very good uh, I, I like that i don't want to dwell on it because i do think that that bottom spot is a race between three teams really yeah the, that whole division is three great teams that always have a chance at the highest of success and um the rest of the teams are teams that have been uh slowly declining uh lately right. so uh and moving I'm not, along i'm not ignoring you i was writing down our picks so we can post no i think I, I literally thought I, I could tell that you were doing that so don't okay. worry i got the chemistry we got the chemistry there we are um, going today the boys are fired right up. let's uh 
this and this this i mean every division this year is uh interesting but this one's a mix of uh the american west and east teams from last year so let's start off in the central division uh we'll go from the top and tell me why the carolina hurricanes will surprise people and make a deep push this year okay so carolina they're kind of a fun team because i don't think they're they just should... a bunch of jerks first of all they're a bunch of jerks shout out well not shout out fuck you don cherry um <laughs> so <laughs> Their defense, uh, Dougie Hamilton, Jacob Slavin, Brady, oh, I forget how to say it. His first name's Brady, and Brent Pessy. Shea? Yeah, Shea. Suggest, oh. whatever. He came and, from uh, the Rangers way back yeah. when? Yes. Okay. And, Shea. and Hayden Fleury. That's a strong 6D they have there. Uh, up front, Sebastian Ajo, great player. Uh, you, know, got, you got Tivo Teravainen. He's really good. You got the leadership in Jordan Stahl still. Nino Niederreiter, Vincent Trocek. You've got Andrei Svechnikov up there still on his ELC. Now he's in the last year of his ELC, so this is a contract year for him. Um, they're just a fun team to watch, man. Like the way I watch them, they don't take anything too seriously. They just go out there and they have fun. I think they have great, I think they have great uh, structure in their coaching and Rob Brendamore. I think that it's yes. kind of like the Steve Nash situation. You know what I mean? Like in the NBA, like that's a guy who's prominent player who you want to hear from him and what he has to say about the game like he and he's and he's loyal he won a cup with that team he wants to see the succession of not only players but the whole brand itself and I think that the Carolina Hurricanes are one step away from being a a, a regular contender in the top five right. in the, the eastern side of the NHL and this team is on the upswing because they only have three players over the age of 30 so Jordan Stahl's 32 Gardner uh, Gardner is 30, so he just makes the, doesn't make the cut. And then James Reimer is 32, so you know your goaltenders not not bad. Um, the, goal the goaltending could be a weak spot with Reimer and Razik. They'll probably split split it again. Only thing with these guys is they're gonna want as much playing time as possible because they are both UFAs after this year. There we go. Same with Dougie Hamilton. Dougie Hamilton's a big piece on that blue line. Uh, a team who's lost. Not only this, their overall position in the standings over the last three to five years, but now they're starting to lose some prominent players, including John Tavares. John Tavares. Jonathan Taves, sorry, uh, is taking a step back from hockey for a couple of weeks, and who knows how long that could be, months, the rest yeah. of the year. So how does this affect the Chicago Blackhawks? And tell me why that – tell tell the fans why the Chicago, the Chicago Blackhawks will not have as good of a season. So the Blackhawks – if they had Taze, I would have them sniffing around the playoffs. They don't have Taze. Um, he single-handedly helped them beat the Oilers in the play-in round in playoff bubble. Now you got Patrick Kane by himself. I don't think uh, Alex Debrincat can be the support piece that Jonathan Taze was to Patrick Kane. Dylan Strome, I don't think he can do it either. Those guys are only 23. They're not going to be. They're inconsistent a little bit too much right now. Doesn't mean that they have a great. I think that those two, they played, didn't they play Erie together way back when? I believe so, yeah. I think that that can be chemistry eventually, but you're right. It's hard right now. Right. And their defense is on the weak side. You, know, you got Duncan Keith back there. That guy's 37. And then their goal. I love his hair. Holy, did not know he was 37, though. And then their goaltending. They're spending 1.8 on goaltending. That's it. So let me know if you recognize these names. Colin D'Elia and Malcolm Subban. They, those are their goalies. You know Malcolm. I know Malcolm. We know Malcolm Subban. But when we think of Malcolm Subban, I don't think of him as Chicago's star-studded goaltender. I think of him as P.K. Subban's brother. I remember his, he had some flashes in Vegas, though. I remember that behind Fleury. Right. I, will, I will give him that credit. 
Um, one yeah. thing, sorry, one thing that Chicago do, does have on the horizon, and they yes. might be able to get him back at the end, is Kirby Doc. Uh, we saw him go down with a broken wrist for Team Canada in that pre-tournament game. He's on the injured reserve, along with Brent Seberg, Zach Smith, and Jonathan Taze. So if they can kind of get some of these players off IR, I don't believe Seabrook will be activated, but those other three might. That might be able to uh, give them a little bit of a boost. And one player we won't be seeing this season, but he will be back next season, is Alex Nylander. He brings a nice offensive boost to that team. So uh, I didn't know he was out this year. Yeah, so he's on LTIR, so he's missing the whole season. So oh, okay. uh, I don't think Chicago is going to do it this year, but their future does look bright. Good. That's a that's a good organization. Uh, I'm not going to talk too much about what they have coming down the pipeline as uh, like human human resources we'll touch on because the Blackhawks and the Indian type of logo is getting evicted from sports everywhere. The Cleveland Indians, the Washington football team. Do you think real quick that, you know, the Blackhawks are next? Uh, no, I don't, because the tribe that it's named after said they were okay with it because it's honoring them. Uh, this is a good good clip, good good research, Josh. Yeah, I heard it on, uh, I forget which show it was. I'll look it up and we'll give them a shout out yeah. on the Instagram clip. Good. Okay, moving right along. Uh, the next team in this division, they've kind of, this trade is, you know, it's, it's one of those trades, it's not star-studded trade, but it's a trade for your top six, and it involved Josh Anderson and Max Domi, so now we have the Columbus Blue Jackets. Right. So I think Columbus is going to be really interesting because they, they beat the Leafs. I think they beat the Leafs because of their goaltending, which is their definite, their strongest suit. Their defense was helping them out too. Uh, Elvis Merzlinskin and Jonas Corposalo say that three times fast. That's the strong part of this team. The defense is their, you know, they help them out, but they still gave up a, a lot of shots last season. Uh, up front, Cam Atkinson, Brandon Dubinsky, Nick Foligno, Max Domi. That's kind of your top four. Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois can kind of make a push there for that. Dubois wants out, apparently. Uh, I don't know how well Domi's going to get along with Tortorella. They both kind of... I was just like, looking to say that. I think Tortorella yeah. is I mean, a little bit too aged for this league. Not that I think that it's just the way he goes about the game. I think he's a great analytic, and I love the way uh, analytic coach. I've obviously never been coached by him, but I think that he has a success rate in terms of how he turns like systems around. Right. But uh, I think that his chemistry in terms of meshing with uh, players is growing out of it because he's growing a little bit tired of dealing with, um, I'm sure he's growing tired of dealing with questions about players. I know he always ignores those type of media situations. He just likes to talk hockey. And I think that not only is that running out of energy for him, like people don't want it, like the management players. I think a lot of people are getting tired of torts. Yeah. Um... Towards That's my personal opinion. I could be completely off. I don't like the guy. I think he's a little bit no, too aged. I don't like I him think, either. I think that there's there's room for those young coaches that can come up from the AHL or those mm -hmm. assistant coaches. Like it's one of those type of situations. Like you have guys like Lindy Ruff on the assistant coach now. Like just if you're too old, just get out of the helm. And uh, we don't really want to see too much of John Tortorella on the faces. See, I don't like it. It's getting old. See, just a side note of that. I don't think he's too old. I think his style of coaching is outdated. I said that once or twice in my sentences. I said yeah. that it was just dated. Um, I don't know if he's not old. There's older coaches. There's been older coaches. I just think that his method is never going to change, I guess, regardless of his exactly. age. And it already was an aged philosophy at that. And I think a part of that age philosophy is the way he handles conversations with players and media, and which is something that isn't trending in the right direction because with social media becoming online, I can only imagine John Tortorella just cursing out the guys on the – 
Zoom meeting and just having a heat field day because of uh, manners or cell phones or something going off in the background. Right. And um, I mean, I think the story behind Columbus this year is not going to be how, well, I mean, everyone's going to care about how they play, but it's going to be how Max Domi adjusts. If that was a good trade between them and Montreal, you know, how's the goaltending going to hold up? When's Gustav Nyquist coming back? He's on injury reserve. He's one of their better players. Uh, we'll kind of see where this all goes. Um, but I don't know. I don't have an argument for them making it. I don't have one for them not making it. They're kind of one of those floater teams that I just That's can't good. quite put my finger on. We spent a lot of time on them anyway. Yeah. So this is interesting for me. Uh, I'm going to word it like this. So tell me why the, the, te- the second place team in the league will say the Dallas Stars will not make it back to the same playing level that they did last year, mm-hmm. first of all. Uh, they're too old. Yep. And then tell me why. That's it. They still have a chance. Yeah. No, no, no. Tell me why. Uh, because they can carry over the momentum from last year. They are. They have had a taste of it. They want to be back. I doubt Ben Bishop is going to be as bad as he was in the playoffs last year. If he is, they can fall back on Anton Abibulin. Um that's kind of all I got to say about I don't have a feeling for the stars yet because they're not starting their season until the 19th. So they're going to be a week behind all these other teams. They will have, they'll have to play their first game after not skating for two weeks. That's going to be tough. So I think the biggest threat for them is a slow start to the season and it's already a 56 game season. So you can't afford to start playing the way you want to play on game 15 because then you've wasted a quarter of your season. Moving right along to a team where I don't even want to mention the possibilities of them making the playoffs. Tell me why the Detroit Red Wings will stay where they have always stayed. Okay, that's because uh, we've—I'm a Leafs fan, and you are too. We've been on—we've <laughs> been on this end where a team isn't very good. I—I'm gonna—I'm gonna change the question for this one as why the yeah. wing—why the Wings can use this season to build towards a future. They got a lot of young guys here. They just named Dylan Larkin the captain today. Uh, Congratulations to Dylan Larkin. Wow, breaking news to me. Yeah, they they brought Bobby Ryan in. He's only making a million dollars, but he's going to be some great leadership on that team. He got his life together, and, you know, and that was a great story to have. And you got Thomas Grice and Jonathan Bernier in that. Like, that's a good one-two duo or one-A, one-B duo. It'll get you through the season. Get these guys some playing experience. I'm not going to dunk on the Red Wings because everybody else has been doing that. But the NHL, I'm glad you. I'm glad you saved them because I know a lot of Red Wings fans yeah. out there. I think that I worded the question in a way where obviously on the ice product is what you're going to get, but uh, you got to take out the episode here as taking out positives. And uh, Brandon came in with a little bit of negatives on the on the Red Wings. I don't like the Red Wings. I like how Pat McAfee talked to them today about. Uh, I was watching it and he was just ruining the Red Wings. I didn't want to ruin it because it's not my podcast, but he's funny. Um, he doesn't like the Red Wings. He calls the hockey township bullshit. So uh, let's uh, hear. I mean, I think well, we just heard. But. Well, one thing I'm excited. I'm excited to see a couple of the young guys play on the team. I, I'm excited to see um, Dylan Larkin develop as a captain now. He's only 24. Robbie Fabry, only 24. And then you got Philip Zadina. He was uh, their draft pick they had at two years ago now, he didn't play much in the NHL last year because they were a bad team. But I think he's going to make this team. He's going to be on that opening night roster and he's going to get that experience in the shortened season. Um, And then I just love watching goaltending battles or goaltending controversies or goalies working together. Like Thomas Grice and Jonathan Bernier, that's going to be fun to watch as well. And uh, Bernier was good for them last year. 
he got 20 of their 22 wins. So we'll see how they do. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to dunk on the Red Wings, but I think they're going to be a fun team. Okay. So speaking of a team I actually do think is fun to watch, they have a lot of youth. And uh, you'd think that the recent addition or last year to a Bobrovsky would have helped them, but it didn't. Uh, oh, Florida Panthers. Boy. Uh, tell me Panthers, yeah, yeah, tell me what you tell me what you want to tell me first. Jonathan Huberdeau and Alexander Barkov are superstars in this league. I absolutely love watching Huberdeau play. He is a treat to watch. I wish the Leafs had him, to be honest. Aaron Ekblad is even better to watch. But then after that, it kind of drops off a cliff, man. Like mm-hmm. the, next, the next player that is kind of of note is Owen Tippett. Uh, oh, sorry, Anthony Duclair as well. Uh, I think they have Radko Gudis now, but, and then you got, you know, you just got a mess in net and Sergei Bobrovsky, $10 million a year until the 2026 season. <laughs> That's just awful. And if they can, like the Panthers are always competitive when the Atlantic division was there, they were competitive. They were always chasing the Leafs, but they never had enough push to get into the playoffs and they need that push. And that push is their goaltending. And if they can't get that out of old Bobrovsky, they're not going to get it. No, uh, I think that if you want to touch on anything else, because that literally tells the Florida Panthers story in a couple sentences. Nope, I've lived in Florida. I've been to Panthers games. I'm a Florida Panthers expert. The Nashville Predators. Uh, tell me why the Nashville Predators will make a good good run this season. Uh, average age of 27. This team always does well. Now, I keep saying that these teams always do well, and I think that's because of the way the divisions were, but I'm just realizing, well, I'm not just realizing it's new divisions, but the thought just came to me. They're going to be seeing different teams a lot, so I'm wondering how like these consistent teams are going to adapt, right? Yes. Uh, so that might be a wrench in the, a wrench in the works. But, uh, you know, strong forward group in Ryan Johansson, Matt Duchesne, Philip Forsberg, Victor Arvidsson, Michael Granlund. Uh, you know, you go over to the defense, Roman Yossi, who is a solid defender, maybe – probably top two defensemen in the NHL, Ryan Ellis. Uh, they got Mark Berowicki back there now. Uh, that's going to be some good leadership for them. Not that they need it, but we'll see. And their goaltending is a question for me. Pekka Rene's 38 now, 38 years old. And that's your starting goaltender. And then uh, UC Soros is their backup. or he I see promise in him, to be fair. We'll see. I don't know which goaltending, goaltender they're going to start with. So if they can play like the Florida uh, Florida Panthers, like the National Predators, we know they'll be fine. But if their goaltending doesn't show up, they're in trouble. So I had this team. I'm sure a lot of us had this team running away with not only the East, this division for sure, but your star player, arguably your star player between your captain, goes down with a, a season-ending injury. Tell me where the Tampa Bay Lightning end up so far. Uh, Tampa Bay is going to keep that momentum going. They're the strongest team in this division. Like you got – and I think Braden Point could have an absolute star-studded season. He already shows glimpses of it, but take out Kucherov, and then what's going to happen now? Yeah, like you got – I'm looking at this division. Like Nashville and Dallas might be competitive with them, but anybody else, I don't think so. So they're going to have an easy regular season. No, could you see that? They're going to run over the Red Wings. I could see them running over the Stars and the and the Blackhawks just regularly. Yeah. And, hey, we're going to get nine – I can't, don't know how many times they play each other, but we're going to get nine or ten Stanley Cup final rematches. Because Dallas and – I like that, but it's not – I don't think it's – I mean uh, – yeah. Yes, very true. Yes. I don't know if it's the same two teams, same two energies, but it will be a rematch for sure. They're not – at least they're in the same division, which you don't really see. No, it's Ever. weird. 
And I, I like looking at division. It's funny. I just see Nashville and Florida in the same division. It just looks weird. Yeah. Can you tell but, me uh, where the Tampa Bay cut? Can you tell me where they cut short or fall short? Sorry, this year. Uh, if they run into injury troubles again, they have currently. I'm just checking cap friendly. I think they have three hundred eighty-three dollars in cap space. Yeah, we we review. Yeah, 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 we are talking about this. Uh, that doesn't even pay for parking at the Scotiabank Arena. So we'll see. What kind of player? What kind of team can you run with that cap? So. <laughs> Well, you run the Tampa Bay Lightning, who are a powerhouse forward. They have great defense, strong goaltending if Andre Vasilevsky shows up. Uh, we'll see how they do, though. You know, you got Victor Hedman, who is a Norris winner. You've got Steven Stamkos. He's going to want to – I think he's going to want to respond this year because he was injured when they lifted the cup. So I he, see him as a, I see him as a cup champion, but he's probably hearing the people who say he's not. Braden Point's going to keep going here. Yanni Gord's a great player. Alex Kalor, you know, Barkley Goodrow. We'll see. They got Pat Maroon back. Big rig, big rig Pat Maroon. Great leadership there. So we'll see how they do. But uh, I, they're probably going to finish first in this division, and then we'll see what type of team they are in the playoffs. So you want to ask me first again? Yeah, let's do that. Let's, let's switch the roles here. So who are your four teams coming out of this division? First place, we'll take uh, – it's easy to say first. Okay, well, the first team I've mentioned, let's just say, because who knows with injuries. Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah. Um, the Carolina Hurricanes. Okay. And then I do see the Predators, and I want to say that the Blue Jackets will out the Panthers. It's tough. It's really tough. It will come down to the Panthers and the Jackets for that last spot. Sorry, who was your last team? Columbus? Yeah, I picked the Jackets over the Panthers with that last spot for sure. I don't interesting. Think... So you're excluding Dallas from the playoffs. I was. I am. I do think that the age factor. I think that last year had a lot to do with time and place. Um, yeah, a lot of things happened in the NHL bubble with time and place, and the NBA bubble. Like teams caught hot streaks, and that team was mature at the time of the bubble. Jamie Ben, Tyler Sagan. They had it right there, right then, and that was their ceiling. I never saw them making it to that far, and I did not even give them the chance of winning the cup final. I don't see I see I see them falling short to a young and gunning up and coming team at the Jackets. I just think that the Jackets are gonna wanna show that they are in this mixed division and still one of the top teams in the league because uh, they were when uh, they ousted the Tampa Bay Lightning in the sweep way back when, a couple years ago. So uh, and I see the Predators always being amongst the stars. Yeah and um for me, the Hurricanes are, are are give or take easily like the two or third spot in that division. Right. Uh, so I got Tampa Bay, obviously. Carolina, they're going to be fun. I think they could give Tampa a run for their money if uh, if Lightning hits in the right place. Uh-huh. Uh, Nashville making it, and I have Dallas getting in. I, I the leadership there. I think they're going to squeeze them in. Probably a first round exit, but I don't think they're going to fall. I did. I did kind of cut short Ben and Sagan there, but. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, that that everything's everything's different this year, and the stars are uh, been affected by situational things like COVID. Right, for sure. Uh, before we go on to the next division, do you want to take a quick five minute water break? I've been talking a lot. Yeah, I'm done. All right, sounds good. Okay, break's done. Uh, I think that's the first time we've taken a break. We got a lot of talking going on here, but uh, I'm excited for the show. I'm feeling good about it. So, which division are we doing next, B Dog? Give me a cheers, first of all. I was going to say Molson Canadian North, but that's the last division. Uh, Josh has got, um, I was going to say Corona, but that's what you showed me over the break, though. No, that's that's what I got in the cup. (laughs) Getting the cup. I thought that's what I got. I got the Corona. Josh is drinking the Corona beer. I thought they were going out of business when Corona hit, I heard, but now. I I think that was a joke. Yeah, right? That's a horrible joke. They make good beer. 
Yeah. Well, um, it's a nice it's, it's a nice sunshine beer. I don't know. I, yeah, it's a nice daytime summer with a lime type of thing. Yeah, I'm just but, kinda, uh, it was the cold. first thing. It was the first thing I saw when I went into the beer store. I just wanted to get in and out. So. So, all right. Now an all uh, familiar East team division called the East. We'll start at the bottom because uh, we have been going top down. This is um, where Zidane Chara lands himself this year. Big but Z. It's not the Boston Bruins. So tell me where. Tell me. Uh, tell me the ceiling of the Washington Capitals first. Uh, I definitely think a Cup final is not unreasonable for them you know uh any team with alex ovechkin evgeny kuznetsov tj Oshie, and nicholas backstrom is gonna do well uh on top of that you did add i won't say some skill but you did add some depth to your de- defense in uh zatino chara i don't think he's gonna play every game and you do still have don don john carlson back there goaltending is a question with Ilya samsonov and vitek vanacek uh he's don't know much about him. They should have had Samsonov and Lundqvist, but uh, we all know the story with Lundqvist. So we'll see how they do. They do have Trevor Van Riemsdyk back on the blue line as well. He is an underrated defenseman, in my opinion. Carl Hagelin up front, too, just adds a little bit of depth. He's 32, but, you know, leadership. Same with TJ Oshie. He's 34, but leadership. He's not getting up there, too. Yeah. Uh, and Ovechkin's not going to slow down. I don't see him slowing down anytime soon. And an under... An underreported and kind of not looked at thing here. This is a contract year for Ovechkin. This is yeah. the, this is the last wow. year of his deal. So I don't know what he's going to ask for next year. Uh, he's making nine point five, and he's probably looking around. What do you think? Like more than Matthews, less than Matthews? Like what are you looking at? Less than Matthews for the, the age factor, and you're going to have to take him. So I'd say that, but he hasn't stopped scoring. I, hey, I got you, but it's the investment. I think it comes down to the to the duration of the deal. Two years could be skyrocket. Two years, twenty million maybe. Yeah. But uh, like that's the thing, right? How much how much longer does he want to play? And uh, yeah, you can't you can't even if he wasn't. Let me let me give this a basketball reference. Um, we talk about Mark Cuban a lot, right? Right. Uh, Mark Cuban does a lot of great things. One of them was with the fans when COVID hit and how we or sorry, uh, the workers in the building with COVID. Uh, another thing he did is, uh, I don't know if you know the player by J.J. Barrera. Or, yeah, have you ever heard of him? Anyway, he has uh, he was back on the team, and he was a staple piece for growing the Dallas Mavericks with Dirk way back when they won their first championship. And I don't know if it was their first, but the last one they had at least. Um, so he, I, I relate him to Ovechkin in the sense that Mark Cuban made him a contract this year to not play J.J. Barrera just because of his loyalty. And even last year, he was getting paid millions to sit on the bench and coach. Um, so Mark Cuban said, you can go back to Puerto Rico where he's from and I will sign you for a year, like a year, 2 million, 5 million or something like that. So it's an honestly loyal thing. And I think that will run deep with the capitals, even if Ovechkin wants to, wants whatever number value he wants on his contract. I think that it will probably be given to him in terms of like the Kobe factor. He's going to want to finish his career with uh, one team. Right. Um, they'll probably make the playoffs this is the strongest division in my opinion it's uh you know when you get like the euro cup or the world cup or any international competition there's always that one group that's the group of death this is yeah. the death of the nhl you yeah know, you got uh, bruins flyers penguins let's not, let's not ruin it let's not let's, let's go through it yeah let's go through it we're, we're not ruining the division the people know who's in the division yeah 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 um are you gonna tell me 
where the caps fall shorter um, if if they can't get clicking right off the bat because this this division it it's gonna be i think age too with char on the back end i think teams yeah. can exploit that shit i always said i was happy when char was on the ice he makes one hit a game that's what people scared about but that everything else other than that is pretty soft puck handling pretty messy board bank passes and he is so damn slow to turn on the heels so mm-hmm. i think he's almost more of a like a liability sometimes like sure in the dressing room i'm sure he's great and on the power play he has the world's hardest shot but i think in the defensive zone on the on the on turnovers and fast break and neutral zone play chip the puck by him and you are literally okay right i see where you're coming from but i don't fully agree because he still is a big body in front of the net i don't think he's a horrible i think he's great right. position back where he makes his bread uh get the fuck out of the net i'm gonna use my 12 foot long stick to push you out of the way right and um but i just can't keep up with guys like matthews and Giroux and uh young guys yeah yeah no speed is an yeah, issue for him early mcavoy carried that speed like that was yeah carried that defensive pairing because it left it let chara stay home exactly exactly all right let's move on yeah, let's move along at the bottom pittsburgh penguins tell me uh first of all i think they're gonna have a good year so tell me why they would fall short for any reasons uh much like vegas and st louis and those other teams i said are gonna make it i think the only thing they can run into here is injuries um, and maybe ownership intervention or the general manager stepping in because they did a lot of like cost cutting this off season and they might want to keep doing that. Like I'm looking at their cap friendly. They got four forwards on making 750,000 or less. The highest paid forward is Evgeny Malkin at 9.5. He makes more than Crosby actually. Uh, Crosby never count him out. He is captain hockey. He's always going to play well. He's always going to want to be competitive. They did add some speed in Casperi Kapanen. He won't start the season with them. He still has to isolate. Their defense did get weaker with the acquisition of Cody Cece. Still got Chris Letang back there, but he's 33 now. And then your goaltenders are Tristan Jari and Casey DeSmith. They lost Matt Murray. Kate, Tristan Jari is a good goalie. He has not been the starter that he – he doesn't have anybody to fall back on. Casey DeSmith is not a good option to fall back onto. So if Jari doesn't get going and they have to fall back on Casey DeSmith, Pittsburgh's in trouble. That's where I can see them falling apart. Oh my God, dude. Okay. It's one of those things just to mention, not it's breaking news, but it's one of those things that I always like to see every year is the Sportsnet or TSN. They do the uh, NHL video game, the new video game uh, simulation. And it just happened oh, uh, 30 minutes ago. They had the Colorado Avalanche and the Tampa Bay Lightning in the final. And the Colorado Avalanche win and the Colorado Avalanche beat the Leafs to get there in the last, in the final, in the, in the, in that side of the bracket. I'd be okay with that. I am gonna send you it right now. And uh, the, oh, that, the top yeah. four teams, top four teams in the simulation are uh, the Leafs, the Lightning, the Bruins, and the Avalanche. The Bruins. The Bruins made it out of that left side, beating the or the right side, beating the Flyers and the Capitals. All right, you want to you want to do the Bruins right now because I got some thoughts on them. Did we just skip over the Penguins? We just did the Penguins. We should be moving on to the Rangers. Well, let's do. Let's stick to the order. We're moving on to the Rangers. Flyers. The Flyers. Yeah. Uh, the Flyers were in this simulation, making it to the second round. So I do think that that is pretty evident. They have. Uh, they're on the rise. They were. I think that. Uh-huh. I think that they do fall short in certain aspects of uh, holes in their roster. But other than that, like uh, when you have Borchek, Giroux, and Konechny on a power play, uh, it's super overlooked, and I think it's uh, very deadly from every angle of that 
and then they have Sanheim, right? Or yeah, Travis. Yeah. They have a great young, steady decor. Um, yeah. You go on. This is for you. Um, I see the Flyers. Like they're kind of a good overall team with their superstars. You know, Jacob. I think Borges. Carter Hart's gonna have a breakout year. Yes. So Kevin Hayes, Jacob Voracek, Claude Drew, those are the three guys you're going to be looking at. I don't trust James Van Riemsdyk anymore. Uh, <laughs> I, I just don't. He's old. He's up there. He's really only useful in front of the net on the power play in that in that slot position. They are getting back Patrick Nolan, who has that migraine issues. He has been skating with the team. I cross my fingers. I feel for this guy. He's a great hockey player. Amazing junior career. I really hope that him and Morgan Frost can see some ice because they are some really, 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 really good young players. And they need to develop in the NHL. And you're not going to develop in the NHL if you don't play NHL games. Shane Gotsis be there and, uh, and Ivan Provorov. I'm trying to talk too fast. I'll slow down. They are really good defensemen. They kind of carry that top six D back there. And then they're goaltending. Brian Elliott and Carter Hart. Uh, this is Carter Hart's team. Brian Elliott, Elliott's the bigger name, but Carter Hart is the guy. Uh, they're going to be looking to to win games. Yeah, so, Carter Hart is the man. I think he's yes. the man. And I, I I think like that's where I think they can fall short is if Carter Hart doesn't show up to play this year. Good. And I think that, yeah, I think that's funny because they fall short on the goaltending, but they also exceed expectations when he goes out and breaks through uh, people's. Exactly. So uh, moving right along to uh, Alex Lafreniere and uh, the New York Rangers. Where are their ceilings this year? How does it work? I think that with Panarin and that little guy, guy named um, Lafreniere, there might be some interesting statistics. So the Rangers' uh, weakness is also their strength, and their strength is also their weakness. So check this out. I did a little bit of research. Average age of their forwards, 24 and a half. Average age of their defense, 25. Average age of their goaltending, 24 and a half. That is a young team. They are going to have a ton of energy, a ton of people. <laughs> They only added to their skill with Alexis, La Alexis Lafreniere. Our Termi Panarin is one of the top five forwards in the NHL. Mika Zibanejad always shows up to play. Ryan Strom is still there. But if they don't click and they don't have leadership around, I think the oldest player on this team is Chris Kreider at 29. Oh, no, I do apologize. It would be, uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, Jack Johnson is 33 or 34. They don't have a lot of experience here, especially with goaltending and Alexander Gorgiev and Igor Shurtskin. Um, we're going to see how they do, but if they can get hot out of the gate, Kapokako gets going, Alexis Lafreniere gets going, or Tammy Panarin gets going, the Rangers could be a real threat in this division. Yes. Uh, Jack Johnson, NHL hockey player, is born in 1987. What does that tell us? 34. Good for you, Josh. Uh January 13th. His birthday is today. Happy birthday, Jack Johnson, the ice hockey player. Happy birthday, Jack Johnson. This episode is <laughs> dedica dedicated to you and also my cat, who's going for an ultrasound today. Damn, didn't even know you had one. Um, for real. Let's go on to uh, Rule Amarello and the team across the state, the New York Islanders. Oh, boy. Tell me, where, uh, tell me why they uh, fall through first, because they have a lot of upside. Uh, the island, well... The Islanders, I don't I think they wasted money on Leo Komarov. They re-signed Matt Martin for another four years. It took him a while to get Mar Matt Barzell in camp. Andres Lee is their captain. I don't see much upside with this team, to be honest. Like, they play a boring style of hockey. They're not entertaining. 
Lou Lamorello runs this team like his fantasy baseball team in which he's boring and always looking for loopholes. Their goaltending is uh, Semyon Verlamov and Ilya Sor- Sorokin. I just think this is the year we see the Islanders fall apart and I couldn't be more for it. I love, I would love to see the Islanders just shit the bed. They have a lot of good pieces that could be moved other places maybe. And, yes. people, and people can tear apart that throughout the year to add to their teams, which is uh, maybe what they turn into is one of those apple trees for players and experience. Yes. Um, right along to the, it's not the last New York state team because we have Buffalo, but we will go to the devils and, um, Nico Heischer's team, if you will. Uh, tell me uh, why they might win a couple more games than people think. First. Uh, the Devils are not going to make the playoffs, but much like the Detroit Red Wings, they can improve on developing their team for upcoming success. Their top three players are all UFAs next year, and Travis Sajak, Kyle Pamelari, and, and Nikita Gustav. They're all UFAs, and then their, their prospects, they're coming up to RFAs next year. you got Michael McLeod. Johnny Kokinen, Igor Shangarovich, and Nathan Bastian. Uh, they are all RFAs next year. So these players are, it's going to be kind of like a show me what you can do on the defensive end. Uh, PK Subban's still there, $9 million a year. Is he a $9 million defenseman? Probably not, but he is a NHL defenseman. Shout uh, out PK Subban. Shout out PK Subban. Ryan Murray is back there as well. This is a sh- uh, contract year for him. Sammy Vatnin, Connor Carrick, and Dmitry Kulikov, all UFAs after this year. So they are going to be looking to have good individual seasons. And if you're trying to be all individuals, that could come to bite you in the back. Uh, their goaltending is made of wood. And I say that because they have Scott Wedgwood and Mackenzie Blackwood. <laughs> Uh, you're spending 4.2 on all three goalies this year. Their third goalie, Eric Comrie. I think all three goalies are going to see ice this year. So I don't, don't want to spend too much time on this team. Yeah, I don't think they're going to do too well. Nico Heischer is on the injured reserve. We can expect to see him in two to three months. Uh, Buffalo Sabres before getting into the team that I hate. So tell me about the Jack Eichel, Taylor Hall, and uh, you know what else can they bring to the table? So this team's going to be interesting to watch because Hall kind of did an unprecedented thing. He signed a one-year deal as a top wanted uh, UFA. One year, $8 million. He's going to be playing with Eichel, Skinner, and Okapozo. Also, Sam Reinhardt, you're probably your top five forwards there. Jack Middle Quinn, yeah, uh, Jack Quinn made this team as well. So did Dylan Cousins, and Curtis Lazar is still there. So they still do, have, they do have some, yeah, they do have some promise on the Ristolainen's there, Colin Miller's there, Jake McCabe is always a shit to deal with. Rasmus Dahlin, he's a first overall pick. We can't forget about him. Your goaltending is something to roll your eyes at in Carter Hutton and Linus Allmark. I I don't know about that one. That's if, the next step for the Sabres, I would believe, in improving. Yes, the this season for the Sabres lives and dies on the sword of the forwards. Speaking of the sword, that is what they go by. They used to go, they love the Sabres and the sword. That was a very good analogy. They uh, always Accid- use them. Accidental analogies by Josh Egan. So uh, I will give them credit for joking, this team joking with uh, giving Brad Marchand the captaincy in front of uh, Bergeron and the team. Right. That was a good little moment because we all knew that he did not deserve it and it was going to Bergeron. So, uh, unfortunately, this team's good on the ice every year. But tell me where the Boston Bruins land. Uh, the Boston Bruins, they are going to be without Brad Marchand and David Pasternak to start the season. Pasternak did skate today, but I don't know when he's going to report to play. 
Um, your goaltending, Tuka Rask, Yaroslav Halak, I don't know how long Rask is going to want to stay around this team because I think he feels some hate from the ha- from the fan base from uh, leaving the bubble, but it's because he had an issue with his daughter. And I think we can all understand that. Like you and I, we don't have kids, but I imagine when and if we have kids. You are my son. Yes. If something, <laughs> if something was to happen to that kid, we would drop everything to be there for them. So we can understand why Rask did that. But you got new captain Patrice Bergeron. He can never be counted out. David Krejci and Jake DeBrusque, Charlie Coyle. I, I think the Bruins will sneak in, but I don't think they're going to have as strong as the season as we think they will. Just because it looks like right off the bat, they're battling injuries. You're missing Pasternak and Marchand. You're missing two of your top three forwards right there. and That is never going to end well. All right. Breaking news before we uh, get to the Canadian division in the North. Uh, the 76ers and the Brooklyn Nets are uh, willing to give up household worth of money for James Harden. So James Harden, I sent you the interview of him last night. He literally broke down and said, yeah, this situation can't be fixed. I don't know what's next. He walked off the interview podium. Wow. I sent you that. I don't know if you watched it fully. He sat there. He's like, yep, uh, we're not even comparable to the Lakers. We're not close to a championship team. This situation is unrepairable. I've done everything I can. Uh, I don't know what's next. And he walks away. And uh, Brooklyn is now preparing an offer that involves four first-round picks. So I could only imagine what players are part of that. Four first-round picks is the OKC money. I don't know if you get what's happening in Oklahoma City, but that the general manager there has, for Paul George, Chris Paul, he has revenued like first overall first round picks for the next 10 years. The OKC yeah. Thunder. Um, Why don't you learn off that deal from the Clippers? Like the Clippers are fucked for the next five years now. Right. And right. And the Rockets, it's, it's almost like James Harden is the GM at this point because uh, if you watched the game last night, and I think in contrast, I, was, I know this is an NHL episode, but Bradley Beal also came on the interview podium and he said, yeah, he kind of called out James Harden. He said, yeah, you know, when there's people not buying in and playing for themselves, you know, there's, hard, there's, there's no way to compete. And uh, there was no names yeah. dropped, but if you can mention that, you were, I was watching uh, the Rockets play last night. They got abused. They almost got like, like word for word, like harassed by the Lakers. Like they, LeBron... Oh, I, LeBron shot a shot, turned around, they were up 30. He looked at the bench before it even left his hands, and that shit went in. Uh, I think not only did they get smothered, they got made a laughing stock last night, and it's only going to be worse uh, if he were to stick around. So um, we'll get back right in the NHL. But, uh, hey, I, got, I got one more basketball question for you. James Harden is on the move this week. I can say it. Yeah, I got a question about James Harden. I was watching the pregame warm-up. Why did it look like he was pregnant during warm-up? Did you hear that? Dude, at least the announcer on NBA or the Rockets podcast is like, oh, there's James Harden. He's definitely had a pregame meal. I'm like, Oh, did he say that? I was watching it on mute, but he looked like no offense to pregnant women, but he looked dude, pregnant before the game. You can't, you can't watch that on mute. The announcer literally said, oh, and here's James Harden averaging 17 uh, points a game, and he definitely had a pregame meal. Jesus. <laughs> All right, turn it right back around to our favorite division. We're both wearing some Canadian swag today. Um, well, hang on, hang on. We got to pick our four teams coming out of the East. Oh, shit, coming out of this division. Josh, you go first. Tell me uh, first, because I've been going first. Okay, I got coming out of this division. I might have a couple surprises here for you. I got the Penguins coming out. I got the Capitals coming out. I got the Flyers coming out. And I got the Sabres I... making it in. I don't think the Bruins make it. Let's go Sabres. I love to see that, especially yeah. because this. I think that it would be fucked if Taylor Hall couldn't do something. I think that right, it was exactly, I yeah. Think, and I think that uh, 
not only for not only to the credit of the Sabres, I think that Taylor Hall's worth is affected by his play this year. One year, eight million is pretty substantial, and if he's going to look for for uh, a home to say after this season, it depends on his productivity this year. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, buddy, you've been bounced around a couple teams now. You were the first or se- was he first overall or Sagan was. Uh, Sagan Hall, right? Or Hall I, Sagan? I, I honestly can't remember off the top of my head. I think Hall went first. so long ago. It was, not, it, was that, it was Hall versus Sagan draft. No, okay, yeah, it was Hall first because the Leafs should have got Sagan, but they traded it for... Right, no, not more. Kessel. Yeah. Um, so I just think that Taylor Hall had his chances in Edmonton, uh, chances... And the Devils, they almost gave him the right, the keys to the city there in terms of the offense. Um, this is his year for productivity. He has the, he has the, he has the open lane to probably do yeah. whatever he wants. Yeah. And I think that the puck will be in his hands on the power play. It'll go through him and Eichel like religiously, religiously rather. And uh, that's a good, that's a good pick. I'm a, not a believer that the Boston Bruins are going to go away quiet just because it's the Boston Bruins and they will find a way back into the Toronto Maple Leafs lives. And because the Trump Toronto Maple Leafs are making the playoffs, the Boston Bruins will probably end up there too. Um, not to say that they are in my picks. So let's go through this. Uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins. I have the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, I have the Capitals and the Bruins. I do think that the Bruins trump the Sabres. Okay. I don't. I don't want to use the word Trump ever again on this <laughs> on this uh, podcast. But that, I think that's a that's a that's a saying, right? So you got, um, sorry, you got Flyers, Caps, Penguins, Sabers, or uh, Bruins, 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 yeah. Bruins, Bruins, over the Sabers. I love the Sabers. Sabers are my team. I love the red and black and uh, white Sabers with that old coloring scheme, not the blue, white and uh, yellow Sabers. But uh, doesn't mean that I don't like the players they have. I think Taylor Hall, Jeff Skinner, and Jack Eichel are a team like you yes. can't just go your whole you can't just go your whole life looking back on what if what if what if the buffalo sabers have to realize that they are a sports town the buffalo bills are a great example of what can happen when the when teams in buffalo uh try to succeed and i think that they only have so many teams they don't have a baseball team they don't have uh that's not true they have the toronto buffalo blue jays yeah but um <laughs> You know what I mean? The Tampa Bay Lightning, or sorry, the Tampa Bay Tampa Bay area doesn't have the Tampa Bay Raptors every year, so uh, it's not the same same situation. But those are our picks. You ready to move into the favorite? Uh, how are we doing this? Let's go. We're gonna finish with the Leafs because that's gonna uh, that's gonna lead into an interview that we have for with James from Offside Hockey. Offside Talk. Hockey Talk. And then we'll come back to us to do our year end kind of predictions with the hardware and all that. All right, Josh, tell me. Why the Calgary Flames make the Stanley Cup final this year? Calgary Flames, interesting team this year, man. Uh, any team that is lucky enough to have Matt Tachuk, Johnny Gaudreau, Sean Monahan, and Michael Backlund. Giordano. Lots of potential. I'm getting to the defense. Mark Giordano, uh, Noah Hannafin, Rasmus Anderson. Your defense. But we're going to see what happens with their goaltending because they signed Jacob Markstrom from Vancouver. And we'll see how he adjusts. We see if he can be the Jacob Markstrom that we that they want him to be. But if he falls short, they're going to have to fall back on big save Dave Riddich. Um, this team, much like many of the others, I think it lives and dies with the goaltending. But we'll see, man. Uh, I don't have much to say about the Flames because there's just too many unknowns. We'll keep out in the Battle of Alberta. Tell me where the Edmonton Oilers fall short, first of all. 
any team with McDavid and Dreisaitl should not fall short. But, um, but yes, the Oilers seem to be cursed. They make the playoffs or make the play in, they lose to the Blackhawks. They make the playoffs, they get fucked over by a bad call when they played the Ducks in the conference final or the division final a couple of years ago. Uh, it, was, it was the game seven of the second round. Right. Uh, their goaltending is Miko Koskinen and Mike Smith. Not the best, but it'll do. I don't know why they signed Koskinen to a deal after he played three NHL games, but you can't change the past. They do have a couple defensive prospects in Evan Bouchard. And, uh, oh, shout I, out the Burlington Pond and Evan I, Bouchard. I don't think Broberg is going to make this team. I don't see him on their starting roster. Is he on the taxi squad? No, he's not. Okay. But Ryan McLeod is on the taxi squad. He's also a good prospect coming up. And then, you know, you got two staples on defense and Adam Larson and Darnell Nurse. Um, Nurse is going to be looking for a big year. He's the highest paid defenseman on this team, age 25. He also trains at the pond, but I'm not afraid to say he's got to have a big year or they're going to start asking questions about him. <laughs> I'm not afraid of I, I'd say that to his face too. Like he's got a lot of money here. Wait, he's who got... talking about? Sorry. Who? Darnell Nurse. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Darnell Nurse. I think that he brings that same uh, situation as Chara. He gives good defensive positioning, but he needs to show why he's a good NHL player. Yeah, and uh, uh, don't compare him to Chara. I just pro, compare him to pro, wa- anybody watching the Oilers this year. I can tell you firsthand. Watch for this guy's edge work coming into this season because he worked on it for like three, four months, and he is looking unreal on his edges. Insider uh, information. Da 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 da. da. Don't. Say that. <laughs> but, okay. Uh, yep. Connor, you know, for this team to do well, Drysdale and McDavid have got to show up. Nurse and Larson have got to show up. That's what I have to say. Goaltending can be mediocre as long as you can score your way out of this situation. Boom. So this is uh, across kind of the country, if you will, even though it's just the order of the division. Tell me why the Montreal Canadian. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, Habs. Are we going to talk about the Habs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me about the Habs, Josh, because I know you have your opinion, so I want to hear it from you. Actually, no, I want to go off on the Habs. Let's save them to the end. Let's save them the second last team. Let's move on to the Senators. Okay. Let's do the Senators. Shout out the Battle of Ottawa. Let's see what they can do. They are a team where we'll get into later that could stir some controversy. Tell me about the Senators. I'm I'm excited, man, to see the Sens team. The Leafs are going to play them Friday and Saturday. I want to see how they look because – you know, Tim Stutzla's making the team. Brady Tachuk's no joke. Um, Evgeny Dadanoff, he's no joke either. Art Manisimov, Colin White, Connor Brown, they got some good... They don't have a superstar, though. Like, the most recognizable name is probably Tachuk or Galchenyuk. Yes, Stutzla is probably the most name that carries the most weight, but he has not played an NHL game yet. He's only 18, right? Yes. He, he, he turns 15, on January 15th, which will be... That's actually pretty cool. His first NHL game will be on his birthday. So that's exciting. I think that the Ottawa Senators, uh, you know, you, you can't expect them to be one of those top four teams, but you also can't expect them not to take a few points away from those contenders in this Ex- division. Exactly. And if you you take two points here, you take two points there, you take two points from this team... You might find yourself in a battle for the last spot. You find yourself... Well, not just that, because I think this division is going to be close. You could find yourself sniffing around that fourth spot. So if Ottawa has a perfect season, don't be surprised if you see them in a playoff round. I'm not putting that in a lock, and they're not one of my playoff teams, but if everything goes right for them, and Matt Murray shows up and can carry this team, but he's going to have to start probably 50 games. 
they're gonna in order to get the best success out of this year's Ottawa Senators, yeah. not for the future. I think exactly. that he might have to uh, Mark Mark might Matt Murray might be exploited. Exactly. So we'll see uh, how they do, but they're gonna be an exciting team to watch for sure. So we said we won't do it to the last, so we will annoy the annoy ignore the Habs, and we'll go into the Pacific. Vancouver. So tell me why that they will have uh, a deep playoff run first. Uh, you know, Brock Besser's a great player. Bo, Bo Horvat, nothing to, you know, shake a bagel at or whatever the saying is. Uh, <laughs> Elias Pedersen, he's on his last year of UFA of uh, his ELC. So he's going to be looking to have a big season so he can cash that check. Tanner Pearson, yeah. I love Tanner Pearson. I think he's an underrated player on this team. And, uh, Looking at the defense, you know, you got Alex Edler, Tyler Mears, Nate Schmidt, Jordy Ben. They are that's your that's a good top four you have. You got Travis Hamannick back there. And most importantly, you got Quinn Hughes. Quinn Hughes is a solid, solid defenseman, probably the best defenseman on this team. He is going to be the face of this franchise moving forward. Alongside you know, Pedersen. Alongside Pedersen. Well, no, Pedersen's not a defenseman. Yeah, but face of the oh, franchise. Sorry, I did say face of the franchise. That's my bad. <laughs> uh, but um the issue I have with them is their goaltending. You've got Bryn Holtby and Thatcher Demko. I think Demko doesn't have quite enough experience to fall back on if Holtby doesn't come through. But Holtby is also the Holt beast, so I think he can step up to the plate. I have a good feeling about that. I, I think Holtby. people are kind of undermining him. Yes. I think that everything that to do with his recent kind of struggles might have been situational, and I think that moving out of a team also brings new light to a player, and it brings new energy and motivation. I think that Holtby's Holtby. I wouldn't count him out anytime soon yes yes so before we have a huge transition to the maple leafs and why they would do what they do tell me why the habs you've missed winnipeg ah tell me why the line a list the line a list jets in a couple months will uh will fall short of most people's expectations uh, I just don't see this team clicking. There seems to be, and it hasn't been reported on and nothing officials come out, but it doesn't seem to be that this team all are all in under their coaching style and playing with each other. Patrick Laine in his entry interview to the season, like his first interview said, well, I'm here, aren't I? Well, that's not necessarily, <laughs> that's not necessarily what you want to hear from your star player. Like if a teacher comes in to a class and says, why, you know, I thought you were dropping the course and you go, well, I'm here, aren't I? Like, it's like, okay, I'm here because I have to be, uh, you know, Blake Wheeler, great player, Mark Shifley, top five forward in the NHL. Um, defense is a little weak. You know, you got Joshua Morrissey and Dylan DeMello. They are hurting ever since they've lost, uh, what's his fucking name? Um, Dustin Bufflin. You got goalies back there, Connor Hellebuck making hella bucks. Shout out James from offside. And then Laurent Bassois. Hellebuck's got to have a great season because you are not falling back on Laurent Bassois. Let's move on to Montreal because I want to talk about the Habs. So you want to talk about them, which was a surprise to me because I didn't think you were going to give them much credit today. So tell me about the Habs. Well, first off, I said I wanted to talk about them. I didn't say I was going to give them any credit. Um, okay. I think sure. that talking about them is giving them more credit than you told me Yeah, yesterday. Right. So I could be chopping my own foot off here, but I don't think Montreal is the team that people are hyping them up to be. I'm looking at this roster, and this is before we group like, names that stand out to me. Jonathan Druin. That's it. That's the name that stands out to me because he's the only like. In the comments, people will be like, "You forgot about Gallagher." Well, yeah, but what has Gallagher done? 
he brings that uh, culture. So I'm not arguing. Hey, I'm not arguing something. I'm just telling you what the, the Habs fans will say. He brings the culture. He brings okay, the culture. Okay, okay. I'll add brings- Gallagher. Jesper Kofi-Lemi hasn't done enough to prove to me that he can carry this team. Same with Nick Suzuki. I don't yeah, like the Josh that. Anderson trade. You traded Josh Anderson for Max Domi, $5.5 million for seven years for Josh Anderson. What a fucking joke that is. Josh Anderson had similar numbers last year to Martin Marinson. And actually, that's unfair for me to say because Josh Anderson didn't play that many games. But still. He was hurt. He was hurt. Bro. Yeah, you got Thomas Tatar up there. I mean, on defense, you got an old defense, man. I mean, like your top two are Shea Weber and Jeff Petrie. You got Joel Edmondson, who's not bad. Ben Sherratt, Brett Kulak. Alexander Romanov and Victor Mete. I'm looking for Victor Mete, Mete to step up because he was supposed to be like a stud defenseman to kind of follow in suit of how the uh, Habs D-line, but he hasn't done that yet. If, yeah. if Terry Price shows up as, you know, 2010 Olympic gold Terry Price, Habs could run away with this thing. Um his backup is Jake Allen, but they've got 14.8 million locked in on their goaltending. That's quite a lot of money. Yeah. So what else do you want to mention about it? Uh, I just, I don't think it's so much targeted the Habs team. I think it's all these analysts. Like I see these, I'm sure you see them too, like the mock standings. They all have that. Yeah. A lot of them have the Habs finishing first and a lot of them have them finishing last. So pick one. Like, am I missing something where there's such a variance in where they can finish? Or maybe that is the thing. There's such a variance in where they can finish. There's, there's so many unknowns with this team. And also, so it's kind of like pick your poison, really. Yeah. And also, it's the Montreal Canadiens. I hate them. Yeah. So, how do you want to do this? Uh, we have uh, very insightful information from uh, James to talk about the Leafs. Would you like to give our opinions first? No, let's play the interview and then you and I can kind of pile on top of what was said. So I'm going to pause the recording right here. Please enjoy this interview with James from Offside Hockey Talk. We'll see you at the end of the interview. So, okay, welcome back. It is, we're here. The night before the night before the Leafs start their season. It's the night before the NHL kicks off their season. I'm excited. Brandon, I know you're excited. And we're joined today yeah. by a very special guest. Why don't you go introduce yourself? James, go ahead. Uh, it's James from Offside Hockey Talk. Uh, pleasure to be on. Had uh, had Josh on earlier in the year, last year, and it was a great conversation. Can't wait to talk about Leafs. It's the night before the game, so it's the night before Christmas for hockey fans. Yeah, it definitely is. We're going to be – we're not quite sure what we're going to be expecting this season, but we do know that we're going to have Leafs hockey on TV, hopefully as much as we can, uh, hopefully – this pandemic doesn't get in the way. We've seen a couple teams kind of uh, already being put on a stranglehold by that. So I guess that's my first question for you, James. How big of a role do you think COVID's going to play in this season? Uh, well, we were talking about this yesterday. I talked about this with uh, Leafs reporter Terry Koshan on Friday about it. It's going to be a season where the, the NHL, for one, didn't give themselves a lot of runway. They say they have it, but... They want to be done by mid-July, and you already have teams rescheduling games. They didn't give themselves the window the MLB or the NFL gave themselves, but it's going to be a big factor. I mean, that's why you have the taxi squad, and that's why you'll see, you know, testing going the way it is. And I've been long saying I think the Canadian division will be a division that will be able to play more games than the, the American divisions due to the fact the testing and protocols that we have in place here in Canada are a lot more stringent than across the border in the States. And that's not a shot at them. That's just the way they choose to operate. But 
we choose to do it differently here with the testing and things that we do to allow things to go on. So I, I think the Canadian division will, will go pretty strong. There will be some hiccups along the way, but that's why you have taxi squad and extra players to uh, get you through a season. Yeah, so you brought up the taxi squad, and that's one of the changes this year. Uh, the teams, they will be allowed a taxi squad, minimum four players, maximum six. You have to have a goalie on that taxi squad. And I'm looking at this, this Leafs roster. They made some cuts yesterday. Uh, we saw Martin Marinson go down. We saw a couple other players be put on the waiver wire. Uh, if the player was put on a waiver wire, we just saw like 15 minutes ago, everybody cleared, except the one guy, uh, Comrie, New Jersey, claimed him. So how do you uh, think- There's a few others. Spiza got claimed by Nashville as well, and a couple other guys as well, actually. Free oh, yeah, I'm just seeing that come through here. All right. Uh, but I assume all Leafs players cleared, it looks like, quickly. Yeah. They did, uh, yeah. Everybody well, else cleared. Uh, it was like five players that didn't clear. Yeah. Uh, so how do you think the Leafs are going to optimize this taxi squad? Because that kind of opens up some opportunities we haven't seen in past seasons where you're going to be able to kind of almost plug and play players in a situation that you might not have been able to last season. Well, it speaks to the fact you have a truncated schedule as well. So you're going to have a lot of games – back to back to back to back and things, you know, injuries and nicked up things and things you won't be able to take a maintenance day for because there's not going to be much time for practice or taking days off here and there. So you're going to have these guys to switch in and out. And you look at guys that are in the lineup and I'm not trying to knock them, but, you know, like a Thornton or a Simmons or, a, you know, a Bogosian, they're, they're a little bit long in the tooth. And obviously Bogosian didn't have the favorable season last year. I know he's only 30, but when you don't have that much NHL under you, for a season, it can take a toll in 56 games. So you have younger guys who are ready to jump up and be in there. But here's the other thing. For the Toronto Maple Leafs, it's been so long since we've had a roster that actually has players that can push the other players. So you look at Travis Dermott, who was on the outside looking in, but now is back in with Lettinen being there and Sandine being there. So you now have players being pushed to be the best versions of themselves or they won't be in the lineup. And look at Pierre Ingvall. Everybody thought he was penciled in to be one of those centers or at least a winger, especially with the penalty killing he was done. They signed him to that two-year deal, and now he's down in the AHL because he didn't bring it, and Sheldon Keefe called him out for it. So the taxi squad adds a, a wrinkle and an element to say, hey, you got to keep your A game going, but also if you're nicked up, you can throw in a Nicky Rob on the top six or even the bottom six for that matter. You know, having Spets addition the puck is not a bad thing or Simmons to protect them. So there's lots of different options and it gives the Leafs more flexibility and having three NHL caliber goaltenders too and Anderson, Campbell and Dell. I mean, we look at last season or even the season before when they lost, uh, you know, McElhaney and, and Picard on the the waiver wire. You know, the depth in Toronto for goaltending wasn't there and now you could even add Hutchinson to the mix as guys you could throw in there. So it looks good and it's something that uh, this season will be fun to see what happens and where you put guys and where you have them slot in, but it adds that, I think, fire to make sure guys are playing and being up on their toes because if you're not, there's a taxi squad of guys who are ready to take your spot. Yeah, and uh, you touched on a couple things that I do want to get to. I think first I want to get to, because it kind of seems to be, since training camp kicked off, the, the attitude that Sheldon Keefe has for this season. He seems to be a lot more... I guess strict is the word we're going for. He's driving home uh, work ethic and the guys needing to be there. Um, we've seen, you know, a couple of the practices that's been reported that they didn't see a puck for 20 minutes before they started practicing or the last 20 minutes were a bag skate. And he's been really hard on players, openly vocal about how they aren't bringing the effort he wants them to bring. 
do you think this mindset has changed because of the way they performed against Columbus? Or is this just, if we'd have seen him from the start of last season, is that the attitude he would have brought? Because this is his first like real training camp with the team, if we can even call it that, because it's only 10 days. But just the attitude Sheldon keeps brought to this start of this season, what do you think of that? Um, you know, for the start of the season, I mean, you look at last season, and I don't, I don't know if you guys are still there. I just heard you tail off, but yeah, we're here. Okay, perfect. No, you you look at last season, and when he came in, I mean, the morale was so low around the team. I mean, you couldn't come in and start cracking the whip and and telling these guys to do this and do that, and you know, and bear down on them and and start giving you know honest but harsh criticism like he's done so far with Miko Lettinen and Pierre. Ball. Um, you can't do those things when the morale is so low on their back. Things kind of was kicked differently, and you know the players seem to respond to that. They like that, but now he needs to let them know there is expectations, and now there is competition for jobs, and there is things that are you're going to be held accountable for. Don't do those things. Michael Lettinen did anything wrong. Obviously, Sheldon Keefe didn't like the pace of his game, and even Michael Lettinen said the same thing. So, and then you look at the comments towards Pierre Ingvall, you know, he expects more out of him, knows he can get more out of him. And here's the other caveat with having a coach come from your minors up to your big team. He knows a lot of these guys, and he's seen a lot of these system camps or having them on the Marlins. So he knows season for the trial above this team there's no contracts looming in a Nylander or a Matthews or a Marner there's no Babcock cloud this is the first season where Keith and Dubas really have their fingerprints across everything and there's nobody else dabbling so we're going to see what they can do and obviously I think they're going to do pretty well you look at the players they brought in and the, the mantra they're trying to set they want the work ethic you know, you don't want to be touching the puck for 20 minutes because maybe he felt you didn't bring the effort the day before and you got to bring it day in and day out. And you got to be a little bit of a rink rat right now, especially where this season conditioning is going to be, you know, top of mind. You got 56 games in a very short period of time. You have to be in shape and ready to go. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we do have a couple new, I guess you can call them members to the Leafs, uh, some big signings in the offseason. I just want your thoughts on, you know, a couple words on each player here. So we got Thornton, Simmons, Bogosian, VC, Barbanov, and Brody. Uh, what do we, what impact are these players going to bring? Because a lot of, there's a lot of doubt behind some of these players. There's a lot of unknown behind some of these players. And there's a lot of questions behind these players. So just kind of in your, in your perspective, which of these players will be the most impactful? Who's going to be the least impactful? Who might surprise us? Just kind of give us an overview there of, who you think is going to be the uh, the best fit for this team? So who do I think is going to be the guy that's going to be the most impactful out of these guys? Yeah, for sure. Well, I, I look at the what the Leafs has needed. I, mean, I know Berkey's been bang on about talking about you lost Clifford, now you added Simmons, so you really didn't gain any net toughness, but... A guy like Simmons and a guy like Bogosian, those two right there, 
they add a little sandpaper and a little grit. And there's a lot of memes going around about Marner and Bogosian talking during practices and stuff like that. And, oh, don't worry, I'll get them if they rough you up, Mitchie, and stuff like that. But those type of players, especially Simmons, if he's really healthy and can help out on that power play. And we saw the drop with Simmons going to be the net front presence with Marner and Matthews there in the one power play. And that went on for a little bit. I mean, if he's healthy, you can push around. I think Simmons is your best bang for your buck. Um, if he can get you some power play goals and clear the front of the net when you're on the power play and, you know, make, make it hard on defense and make it hard on the goaltender to see the puck with two A plus shooters like Matthews and Marner who can snipe corners and do different things. And then you wrinkle in Morgan Riley, who now doesn't have a Tyson Berry eating up his power play minutes. I think that, uh, those kind of players are going to be the big impacts. I know Joe Thornton's the big sexy name, but, you know, what is he going to bring at age 42? We don't know. And, you know, how healthy are his knees and how much can he, you know, withstand through this kind of a season? Um, he was already giving Sheldon Keith crap about not being able to stay on that top line. So, I mean, you look at Thornton and what he can bring with Matthews and Marner, probably get you maybe 30 points. Um, you know, that's what I'm thinking he's going to probably be able to get. A lot of those will be assist, probably secondary after he ditches to, you know, to Marner, to Matthews, mm -hmm. to the back of the net. But I don't know. For me, I think finally having the big thing here was Brody. Getting someone to play with Morgan Riley that, you know, will allow Morgan to be himself, the offensive guy that he is, allow him to wheel and deal, um, you know, and, and go back to that season he had two seasons ago where he, I think, was 72 points. I mean, that's the Morgan Riley you want. But – you need a rock behind him to be able to cover up the flaws. And I think Brody will give that to Morgan and you'll see Morgan actually, uh, you know, take on a bigger role, whether it's power play, penalty kill, you name it, but he'll have that rock beside him and Brody all season. And I'm hoping they can gel together. It looks like it's going to work, but who knows? I mean, and you talk about uh, Babaranov on the fourth line. Um, they're giving the kid a shot. You can't sign somebody like that and not give him an opportunity, but I do think that's going to be a spot for like a Nick Robertson or a, or a Boyd or an Anderson, one of those guys. Um, he doesn't seem to have, like you watch Saturday night, the chemistry didn't seem to be there. And I know it's a very small sample size, but, you know, with Spezza and Wayne Simmons, you know, you got a guy in Simmons who will punch your head off and score you a few goals. Spezza still got the elite vision, not the speed, but we don't know what Babaranov can bring. Um, but you might want to go with a more proven quantity in a Nick Robertson or uh, an, an Anderson there. Yeah, so touching on that scrimmage, and obviously we can't use it to take too much away, but, you know, as Leafs fans, we're going to use anything we can get at this point. When I was watching that scrimmage, a couple players stood out to me. One player that stood out to me just because of the, the shock factor was just seeing Joe Thornton out there in a Leafs jersey. That was kind of a, a wow moment. Uh, I liked Joey Anderson's play. He seemed to be mixing it up with a couple players, even though it was just a scrimmage. And William Nylander kind of stood out to me. He looks like he's taken a step that he needed to take kind of last season. And he kind of showed us some weapons we hadn't really seen before. We saw a slap shot goal. I don't remember ever re recall seeing him do anything like that. And he just looked kind of bigger on the ice. What can we expect out of Nylander this year? Because I know when it comes to Nylander, there's two very drawn sides on what we have for him there's people who hate him and there's people who love him and there doesn't really seem to be an in-between so what are you expecting out of Nylander this season uh, sorry guys it's a little choppy but do you're expecting what your expectations for William Nylander are this season yes 
So for, for Willie, I mean, and I'll be one of the first ones to say this. I don't understand the bashing he gets from Leafs Nation. Um, I've long been, you know, I like, I like his play. I like what he does. Um, this offseason, he's bulked up. Obviously, um, all the boys were taking shots on him on Saturday night for his Instagram pics of being ripped and, you know, all the stage walking shots on the beach and all that stuff. But he's taking it seriously. And, I mean, one of the things he's really taking seriously from what I've heard at camp is – his board play and along the wall play so that way he can retrieve pucks and be able to do different things and that'll uh, help his confidence as well in front of the net and different things like that and battling the puck back and protecting the puck I mean we all think of Yager and how hard he was to knock off that puck imagine if Willie can add just a sprinkle of that to his game with his size but him and Rasmus Sandin both bulked up wanting to have bigger impacts this season and we've seen on the scrimmage I mean it only is a scrimmage but we are Leaf fans we micromanage and and look at everything we can with a microscope William Nylander looked great and this season, I think you're going to see with him playing with John Tavares and whether it's Nick Robertson or Jimmy VC or Ilya Mikheyev or Zach Hyman, whoever they want to slot in that line. I mean, you're going to see a William Nylander probably push in a regular season. So full 82 games, I would have say he would have got 35 plus goals, um, you know, rack it up. Be, that shot is lethal. But this season, I'm looking for Willie. I mean, if you got the small season, maybe 25 to 27 goals. Uh, sprinkling about maybe 20 assists, maybe 30 assists, depending who he's playing with, what power play unit he's on, how he gets utilized, injuries, you name it. But I'm looking for Willie to have a big, big year. And uh, I want to say silence the critics because, you know, there's a lot of people chirping about Nylander and all the all the, the hair and the body and all that kind of stuff. And they don't really talk about what he does on the ice. But you look at last season, I, I'm pretty sure there's 31 other teams, and I'll include Seattle in that now because they're coming this year. I would love to have a William Nylander on the roster. So, Great. James, I have a quick question for Josh. Asks another one. Uh, just to go off of the William Nylander talk and the Wayne, <laughs> the Wayne Simmons, uh, do you think that there's any characteristics that can be drawn from Wayne Simmons' game uh, that Nylander can look at that'll kind of make him a better player? Or do you think that Simmons is a little bit of a different kind of player in terms of toughness. And you think Nylander is going to stay back because I think he can use a lot of Simmons grit as you were talking about earlier and use it to his advantage. Do you think that it'll be a leadership role? Um, you know, for me, no, I don't think that him taking on anything from Simmons or, or um, adding that kind of grit or element, that's not him. Um, adding strength and being more positionally aware and being able to uh, do things along the board in front of the net. Yes. Um, Maybe you can learn that download presence in front, um, you know, puck protection or clearing out the front of that, that kind of stuff. But as far as snarl or grit or anything like that for Willie, I don't think that's in him. Um, I think Willie is a, is a, is more of a finesse kind of player. I love Willie. Like I said, I, I'll never knock him. Um, I think he's gotten bigger and better every year, but to add the stuff that Wayne has, Wayne Simmons is a, he, he's a power forward. He's a, he's a unique breed. He can fight you. He can score. He can assist. He can do all kinds of different things up and down. William Nylander, you kind of know what he is. Uh, he's a goal scorer. He's a, he can pass the puck. He can skate like the wind. He's good on zone entries, but he's not uh, he's not a guy that's going to get up in your face when nope. things are going on. So I, I don't think that'll come, but I do think they'll drag. A few guys will be drugged into the fight this year. Right. So we have obviously this team's loaded with star power and the, the number one star on the team is obviously Austin Matthews followed by arguably John Tavares, then Marner. What can we expect out of Matthews this year? Because I've been 
on the athletic they posted an article about his off-season training and what he's been doing and he's been ramping up for a huge year this year uh i have him scoring more than 40 goals i don't think he can get to 50 just because of the limited games and you're going to be seeing the same teams nine or ten times what are you expecting out of matthews this year goals wise points wise play wise leadership wise just everything in general out of austin i think the big thing you're gonna see from austin this year and the reason why they want to try him on the penalty kill is because he's asked for a bigger role. Um, he wants to be a part of that leadership group. He wants to show that he's taking the pro, you know, the steps, making the progress. And his 200 foot game has gotten a lot better. So he wants to be in that conversation, like a Patrice Bergeron, maybe for a Selkie, those kind of things. You want to start getting personal accolades. I know the team needs to do well too, but you want your game to be recognized. And then Matthews wants to be doing those things. And he was working with McDavid and the things that I heard from, uh, <clears throat> Anthony Duclair when they did the um, the skates down in Arizona and the stuff that they were pulling off during those skates. I mean, it would make us all marvel and want to see it. So, I mean, he is putting in the work. He is doing the right things. Uh, but one thing that I've constantly heard from everyone as I've talked to in, in Leafland is he was seriously pissed off the season ended last year. He wanted over 50 goals. It was something he really wanted to accomplish. So, for you to say this year that he may not make that 50, I, I know it's going to be damn hard to do, but I think that's his goal in his mind is to be a 50-goal scorer in this small season. I have him pegged at 38 to 43 goals is where I think he's going to be at. Um, but intangibles, I mean, he wants to be a leader in that room. He wants to be talked about in the same breath in leadership like a Jake Muzzin who's, you know, you heard from Elliot Freeman as a leader in the room. You heard from John Tavares and – you know, Joe Thornton and all these guys that are coming in. He wants to be a guy that gets leaned on as a part of the core of this team. So how do you do that? You develop your game. You become a better penalty killer. You become a better teammate, um, you know, and you take your team to the next level. You put them on your back. And I think that's what he wants to do this year with an added sprinkle of being pissed off that he didn't get to hit the 50 last year. Right. And I don't think he was the only one pissed off at that. Like, I was pretty upset he didn't didn't hit 50 and he was clearly going to be able to do it with more than enough runway left. He is going to be killing penalties this year. We did see Sheldon keep say he's going to be used on the penalty kill unit. Uh, I think we saw a little bit of it in the scrimmage. Maybe that was some four on four play. If I, if I'm recalling incorrectly, how do you think? He's no, gonna... no, I think he was out there. Yeah. How do you think he's going to do killing these penalties? Cause I've seen, I, I go on Reddit a lot just to kind of see what people are saying. And I see a lot of people saying, no, he's got to save his energy for, uh, big five-on-five five shifts, but I'm on the other side of it saying you want your best players out there as much as possible, and if Austin can master the craft of killing a penalty, put him out there, because he's one of your best players. Um, where do you fall on well, that? Well, here, here's the thing. I mean, how do we all like Mitch Marner killing penalties against Columbus when he scored the shorthanded goal? Exactly. We all loved it. Yeah, it works So, well. I mean, I, I, I think it's, it's very easy to silence your critics when you do the right things. Now, is he going to have rough nights? Yes, but name me a penalty killer or penalty kill unit that doesn't have bad nights. The thing that's going to be key for Austin Matthews is those offensive zone or sorry, defensive zone face-offs during the penalty kill, controlling that puck and getting it back so they can get out of the zone. That's going to be the key. Um, from all I've heard, though, Austin is a huge student of the game. He took a lot away from McDavid and the way he does face-offs. He took a lot away from Crosby as well. Uh, he says he watches Crosby's tape every single offseason and tries to emulate some of the things that he does. So, you know, we know what Sid did when he was bad in the face-off dot. He worked at it, you know, 
tirelessly and endlessly. So it sounds like what Matthews have done. And to have a guy like Matthews on your penalty kill, now just imagine lining up against Matthews and Zach Hyman or Matthews and Mitch Marner on the penalty mm-hmm. kill. And knowing that if you turn that puck over, you're, you're pretty much boned because they're going to get behind you and they're going to put the puck in the back of the net. So now as a power play unit, you have to worry about those two burning you. So yeah, to speak to what you said, you want your best players out there because they give you your best chance. For sure. So let's take a look at the, I still call it the Canadian division. I think that's a better name, but the North division as a whole, who do you think the Leafs are going to, I guess, who's going to be their closest competition? Because I've seen a couple arguments for Winnipeg. I've seen Calgary. I've seen Montreal, which would be interesting for sure. But which team, yeah, Edmonton as well, which team do you think is going to give them the most trouble in this North division? Well, I'm going to go out and on a limb here and say it's not going to be Edmonton. I love the fact that you have Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, but if you don't have goaltending, we all know what happens. The puck goes in your net more than you put in the other. So if you're spending more time trying to figure out how to keep the puck out of your net, then you're not going to be winning games, and that'll be the problem for the Edmonton Oilers. They didn't address that goaltending issue in the offseason. For me, the biggest competition, I think, is going to be the Calgary Flames. I look at everybody else. Yeah, Montreal added a bunch of players. It's great on paper. We know as Maple Leaf fans, when we add a bunch of guys and, you know, it doesn't always work out um, the way that you want it to. Uh, it'd be good to see what Montreal can do. Oh, do I want to see them do well as a Canadian team? Yes, but this year, no. Mm-hmm. Um, I look at Vancouver. You know, you have Thatcher Demko and, uh, you know, on the back nine, Braden Holpe. Uh, it's not taking shots, but that's just saying what it is. Uh, Thatcher Demko isn't proven. You lost your starter to Calgary. So I, I think in the long run, you look at Calgary, and that's the one I think they'll be one and two throughout the season. They'll be Toronto, Calgary, Toronto, Calgary, battling for it. I don't think that Ottawa finishes last. I think Winnipeg does. Too oh, much wow. turmoil in that room with Patrick Line. Not a strong defense. And, you know, I know you have the uh, Mr. Hellebucks making Hellebucks back in that net, but if you don't have a defense to bail him out, then there's a problem. For sure. I'm, I'd like to pick your mind more on that That Ottawa, have them not finish last. I, I do have them finishing last, not by much, just because they are, they're coming off a rough season, but they did get a couple good players coming in. Uh, most importantly, they have Tim, uh, Tim Sousa from, we the saw boys. out of them, because they have some good players coming in. Um, we saw good old Timothy put on a great performance at the uh, the World Juniors. You have them finishing higher than Winnipeg. What do you think Ottawa can bring to the table here to make this North Division kind of throw a wrench in there? Well, they get to play spoiler all year long. Everybody thinks they're going to be the worst team in the Canadian Division, but I don't think so. There's a lot of guys on that team that want to show everybody that they're not a doormat. And in talking to Wayne Scanlon, who's someone who covers the team, there's guys coming in too. you got to remember now they got some more veterans coming through that lineup. Derek Stepan. Uh, you look at the defense core, Braden Colbert's coming in. Um, you know, you want this team to not finish in the bottom because Ottawa's has so many problems. I want to see them do well, but I look at Matt Murray, and that's where I start. I mean, Matt Murray is a guy who wants to bounce back, a lot of pride. Uh, you know, two Stanley Cups. You know, seemingly you would say, hey, he's already done it all. What does he need to prove? Well, now he comes to Ottawa and wants to prove that he's still a number one goalie. He's only 26 years old. Uh, you know, wants to take the uh, the team – in the right direction and Ottawa added a lot of veterans but you're right Stutzel's there you look at a guy like Tuchuk you look at guys like Batherson they're all going to come in Thomas Shabbat um, all these guys want to win and now you got a goaltender back there to stop some pucks you got players coming in that can put the puck in the net 
Uh, I feel like they've added more goals than Montreal has. And that's not a, uh, a an easy thing to say, but you look at the players that Montreal brought in, a Josh Anderson who was hurt, a Tyler Toffoli that had a great year over in Vancouver, but how's the chemistry going to be there? Um, I, I look at Ottawa and say they're not only going to make noise and make life miserable for some teams, they won't finish last, and I don't even pick them finishing the very bottom. I'd say they may may have a chance to squeak in uh, if the playoffs or if the goaltending is well enough for the playoffs. I like that answer. That's kind of changed my opinion on them a little bit, to be honest. Okay, one more question here before we let you go. What is your overall expectation for this Leafs team? Because we know there is going to be a Canadian team in the final four, uh, at least making it to the conference finals. Do you think the Leafs can get there? What are you expecting out of them? What's a realistic, what can this fan base expect? Um, I would book the uh, book the fact they make the second round, uh, depending on who they face in that round. Um, this may be the time the Leafs go to the final four. And after that, all bets are off. But I, I have them getting to that final four spot. Um, they built the team for not just the regular season. They built the team for the playoffs. You don't bring in guys like Bogosian and Thornton and Simmons just to get yourself, you know, to the dance. Those are the guys that get you through and up and over the hump. And you guys got – you also realize there's VC in there. There's guys down in the minors like Augustino who's played as well. So you have a lot of depth and different players. You can plug and play if you need to. So this team is finally built with depth, finally built to take a run. So I see them getting to the final four. Do I see them going further than that? That depends on who they match up with and – that's all jump ball because we don't know what's going on in the States and we don't know anything about really how those divisions will seed or where players or teams will be. So for the Canadian division, I picked the Leafs coming out of it. Perfect. Love it. Well, James, we've loved having you on. We battled through the phone connection issues um, and let's go Leafs. We're looking for a good, good start to the season tomorrow. Thanks for coming on. No problem. Go Leafs, go boys. We'll talk to you throughout the season. Sounds good. Okay, thanks, James, for that. That was James from Offside Hockey. Make sure you toss them a follow on Twitter. They He does a hype video before every Leafs game, and they are fun to watch. They fire me up. So uh, thanks for that, James. We really enjoyed that. The Leafs. Uh, Brandon, I want to get your thoughts on them. So I can touch on the Leafs because they're my favorite team. Uh, I do watch NHL. Give me credit. I think I'll surprise you with my NHL variance knowledge this year. But let me talk to you about my team, the Leafs. Uh, it sucks. It sucks to be a Leafs fan because there is this expectation this year, and it's always this year. It's always this year. Ever since 2017, after Matthews broke on the scene, there's been a little bit of too high expectations at the beginning of the season. Right. Um, this year again, like, yeah, they are projected to do what they are going to do, which is at least top two in that division this year. Um, but new additions are new additions. And regardless of whether people think that the on-paper additions are Joe Thornton, Simmons, and uh, Bogosian, they're great. Don't get me, don't let me get you wrong. Don't forget about but Brody. You, yeah, and TJ Brody. You can never forget about um, adjusting, okay? And it's human nature to take time to adjust. And it's not to say that it'll take a whole year for the Maple Leafs to figure this out, but I think that they've been branded on this Okay, let's throw uh, our fourth line in there who had um, the guy that they lost. He was the prominent – Frederick Gauthier. That was their tough guy. And that was the only shift, and that was the only shift you were going to see uh, during those games where you saw hits. 
I'm not even kidding. And, and, and they did have Kyle Clifford for a little bit too, but he just didn't bring what I was expecting. No, but I'm I'm not I'm not making this up when I say it is not in the Leafs identity to play physical. And they're flashy. Their core is for highlights. Matthews, Marner, and Riley. They're for power play, they're for flashiness. And it's not that that that's only what they do. They strive off of it. You see the 360s, you see the spinoramas, you see what they want to do. But you know. Can they dial it down into a contending team where they don't have to score those goals? And I think that, you know, putting Matthews on the power play, or sorry, on the penalty kill, as we just talked about with James, is going to be one of those situations where it doesn't just do good for the penalty kill. It does well for the other players on the team. Seeing a superstar take shot blocks and take, you know, extra ice time. Not that taking extra ice time is going to be positive by any means. I'm sure there's players that want that Matthews penalty kill time for sure. Um, but I just think that the Leafs every year have to deal with being the Leafs. Mm-hmm. And that is pressure in itself from the media, from the fans, from the history, from, you know, memes. The team's young. The team knows what's going on, you know? Yeah. Um, it, 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 it's always a, a dynamic. It's like, why do you think, what do you think about Martin? What do you think about Nylander? Why can't Matthews do this? So I just think that after this year, it'll really tell a story for the next couple of years of the Leafs. Uh, you know, every year it's kind of like, um, we're still coming, we're still coming. I think this is the one of those telltale, telltale years at the end of the year where we'll say, like, okay, I think that the, the window is in two years for the Leafs or three years. Yeah. Or, you know what, like the window of opportunity, Matthews, all this. You know, Matthews is a hockey player from Arizona. Let's not keep that out, out of question. You know, he's an American hockey player and uh, he misses his family. I'm sure he wants to play somewhere. It's not that he doesn't love Toronto, but let's take advantage of while we have Matthews. Yeah, I'm only going to say one thing about this because we covered it mostly in that interview with James from Offside Hockey Talk. This is a prime opportunity for the Leafs to make a deep playoff run. They are clear-cut the best team in Canada. They have the most potential of all the teams in Canada. So they need to take advantage of this situation. That's all I'm going to say on that. So your four teams from the North Division, let's hear them. So we'll start with Toronto, and then uh, I do have um, the Oilers. I do have the Canucks. So those are my three Fern teams, and the Jets aren't falling off, so I have the Flames as well. So let's go Leafs, Canucks, Flames, Oilers. All right, I'm going Leafs. Uh, I'm going to go Vancouver. I'm going to go Calgary, and I'm going to go Montreal. So a little bit of variance there, but uh, I think this is one of those divisions that offers the most um, diversity in teams making the playoffs. Yeah, I'm excited because it's not just that boring old Canadian division where two teams might run it. I think that the majority of upscale and talent is in these teams. Nick David, Stutzla, Matthews, Marner. It's the, it's the future of the league, not just the future of Canada. Right, right. All right, you want to get to some hardware predictions? I'm not too educated, but I will give my best guesses. And I think that... Oh, that's uh, all it is. That's all it is. It's a prediction. You. Yeah. So um, how do you want to do this? Uh, I'll read out the trophy, tell you what it's for, and you give me your prediction on who's going to win it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sound good? Yes. All right. So the first one we're going to do, I'm going to write these down too. The Hart Memorial Trophy. So it's the MVP. Most valuable player. This one. Okay, me first? Yeah, go ahead. 
Yeah, I think the MVP of the league, it could be, it could be the turn. Okay, bias leads fan. It could be the turn for Matthews to take over this. Are you picking Matthews? I'll pick Matthews to take over this. All right. I am going to go with um, my guy over in Colorado, Nathan McKinnon. <laughs> Just because I think he's the best player in the league right now. That's including Connor McDavid. So I think he can win the MVP this year. That's that's the reasoning behind it. Uh, hey, I'm pretty sure that's where a lot of people have that going on. Yeah. The Norris Trophy, the top defenseman in the league. I think I have an out-of-box pick for this one. Do you want me to go first? Yep. I got Quinn Hughes winning this one this year uh, from Vancouver. I think he's going to have kind of a year that breaks through and shows people what he can do. So I have Quinn Hughes winning the Norris Trophy. This is a good pick. Uh, I think that I kind of overlooked him in terms of the Dallas Stars. So I think Mir Heiskanen might break out this year. Heiskanen, that's a good pick. I like that one. Nice. Because he gets a lot of attention uh, as a threat, as right. a defense who can also back check and play defensive hockey. Right. Um, uh, Vesna Trophy, the best goalie. This is, a uh, tough, this is a tough one just because it's interdivision play. Yeah. Um, what do you think? Uh, I don't know, man. Like, this is like, I'm this looking. Is tough. It is tough. Uh, Connor Hollebuck won it last year. I don't know how Markstrom's going to do. Like, it's it's really tough. Uh, I don't see Hollebuck doing the same either. No, neither do I. Um, I can't really think of anybody else that, like, stands out to me as, like, top tier goalie here, especially for this year. I'd like to give Carter Hart uh, a shot in the dark just because uh, the youth and I think that if the Flyers themselves make it a team run, you'll be surprised about why Carter Hart is in the questioning at the end of the year. All right, so I'm going to go off some statistics I have. Frederick Anderson averages higher than a 9.18 goals. Uh, no, that's wrong. Higher than a 9.18 save percentage against Canadian teams. So if he can keep that up this year and has a 9.18 save percentage, that's going to earn him a Vesna vote, so I'll go with Anderson. Okay. Which Next. is kind of, kind of an out-the-box pick, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, I think we got a... I don't think it's out-the-box pick. I think that it's, like I said, this is the year for the Leafs. Honestly, if you don't see those te these type of performances, then... Yeah. Right. And the last one I want to... Well, it's not... This one is uh, purely based on stats. Uh, the Rocket Richard Trophy. Who's going to score the most goals this year? I think Matthews and Eichel will be in this conversation. I'll take Matthews for my first pick. I hope that Taylor Hall can feed Eichel to the point of where he becomes a mini Stamkos. Hmm. So you're taking Eichel? No, Matthews. Okay, That's I'm his all, job. Matthews also, job. Yeah, Matthews' job is the puck in the back of it. I'm also taking Matthews. James mentioned that he's pissed off from not scoring 50 last year. He's going to look to use this season to beat up on all these Canadian teams. Okay, last one. This isn't an actual award. This is where we, I guess we can call this the Orion Sportscast Award. Um, the disappointment. Can we do one more after this? I have another one I want to hear from you. Sure. The disappointment of the year. Who's going to disappoint us? Team. Yeah. Team wise. Um, 
See, that's the thing, because it's not, I think every year a team in the NHL always has a year that's unexpected. And a lot of teams do that. Uh, let's say the Ottawa Senators. I'm going to do that for myself. How can the Sens disappoint you when they're, they're low? They're... Oh, 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 I thought they were going to be the disappointment. Uh, I thought, I thought, I thought uh, Brandon forgot the question. See, Brandon thought it was a breakout. Um, I thought the Senators were going to have a little bit of a breakout season. They still will. Uh, disappointment, sorry. Disappointment season will be the Vancouver Canucks. I'm sticking okay. with the Canadian division. I think that the Vancouver Canucks have, uh, it's kind of like one, they're one injury away from being fragile. And, um, I think that, uh, the youth and, uh, I do think that, uh, this is one of those years for Holpe. Like everyone's questioning Holpe. So it, it kind of rides or die on that and where they find their starter. And if, if they have trouble finding that starter, like then what? And that's a whole other situation. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, so I, I do. I, I it's the American teams that are you know really steady, stable. Like I'd say the Flyers or the Penguins, but it's just like I don't think that they'll really do. They'll they won't. Everyone's kind of suited in their divisions. So the most interesting division for me is literally this Canadian one and right. uh, storylines among it. And uh, I think the superstars are in this league, right. uh, in this division, not this league in the Canadian North right. division. I'm gonna take. I was debating on the Flyers for this one because they they're being hyped up a lot, but a team that's being hyped up more than them, and I just think their fan base is gonna be disappointed. That's the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, I think they're gonna let their fan base down this year. That's the only reason I'm picking them as the disappointment. This is not the episode to be a Habs fan. Well, what's the one you wanted to bring up? My dog is barking. Uh oh. Speaking okay. of dog barking, who's gonna let loose for the MVP? Sorry, MVP. Who's the rookie of the year? Who's the what's the award? What's the name of that? Uh, Calder. Who's the Calder? Who's the Calder Cup winner this year? So who is uh, the man, the individual, the young, young man who will? Uh, I think we're all leaning in one direction. Who do you think it's going to be? I might be caught up in the fever of just seeing him play at the World Junior Championship, yeah. but I'm taking Tim Stutzla. He looked amazing. Uh, I haven't seen Lafreniere play in a while, but he could be a better player. But I'm just going. Yeah, off. I know what. Yeah, I was I'm, gonna... I'm going off recency bias. Tim Stutzla. He looked amazing. He looked like he was ready for the NHL. So I'm going to take Tim Stutzla. On yeah, this one. I was watching a couple of training camp videos. I do think Alex Lafreniere is actually a little bit. He's just been. He's he, because he wasn't allowed to go to the juniors. He's just been mentally, professionally training. Yeah. And I think that his body size is already very impressive compared to Stutzla's. I think Stutzla has to get adjusted to not only playing in the NHL, but being a German-born individual playing in a Canadian market. Uh, the language, the at least the, the he's not going to understand why the they get poor ratings and why they get bagged on so much because he's like yeah. he's probably used to being the star of the German league teams. Anything that he's been on, he's been the focal point. And now he's just going to be the focal point's going to be uh, <laughs> the focal point's going to be uh, the the senators' team success. So he's going to have to find himself in a situation where he doesn't take lighthearted comments or sorry, not lighthearted comments, but he doesn't take t- senators' comments to heart because I don't think that his first year he's going to have the make or break attitude. Like he's not, it's not his team to uh, take far or to not take far. I just think that he has to do him. So it's an easy, it's a, it, he just has to do himself and it, it is dependent on how well he does himself. Does he get, does he make his, you know, are people nice to him? Does Kachuk want to be his friend? Does everyone want to be his, do, do the senders get along? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but personally, I do think Lafreniere is just that professional hockey player who's ready right now. Right, right. All right. That wraps up this episode. I got one last question for you. Leafs and Habs tonight. Score prediction. Let's Five, 
5,000 to one. Uh, the Leafs will win this one 3-1. Just um, it's gonna be it's gonna be hockey for the first 25 to 30 minutes. It's gonna be kind of getting to know each other, and then the Leafs will score a couple goals. And this and the score will be. Uh, I think it could be changed based on the amount of penalties, but 3-1 is a good start. I got Leafs 6-1. The Leafs kick ass on opening night. Um, I think Montreal's still getting to know each other. This Leafs team, they got some veteran experience now. They're going to want to get going and get going quickly. They got three games in four nights, play Montreal tonight, and then Ottawa on Friday, Saturday. So we will see that. We will be back on Friday. We will talk to you then. Go Leafs, go. Go Leafs!